Welcome to the Backyard Studio, man. Thanks, dude. Please Pleasure. In, Thanks in, for inviting me, bro. Introduce yourself. I'm Danny Carbonell. Um, I don't know, for that, what would you say I am? I mean... I actually don't know what you are. I know you're, you're a restaurant owner slash MMA fighter with a record. Yeah, I, I've been fighting my whole life, I guess. Um, I've coached a lot of fighters all over. I fought in... From martial arts to boxing to MMA, I've coached in all three of them. Some of the highest athletes you could talk about, like in each and every one of them. I've also, I own a restaurant now and I'm opening, I'm opening up a gym, um, a little one, a little studio, martial arts studio in Richfield. So I'm trying to expand a little bit. I have a fighter fighting in the UFC right now in September. Um, I know Phil who Hoss. he is. Yeah. Yes. Say it again. Phil what? Phil Hoss. Yeah. He's fighting, fighting the UFC contender. Uh, in Vegas, September 8th. So uh, I've been focusing on that. I've been focusing on opening up a new little studio that I'm opening up now. I'm getting my black belt in jiu-jitsu on, uh, in September. I thought you had that. I'm a brown belt. I'm getting my black belt right now in September. Wait, how do you know when you're going to get it? Well, I was supposed to get it in August, but the whole quarantine thing kind of killed it. So, But you can he, know he, when he, you're going no, to get but it? he told us. He told us now. He told us like two weeks ago. They call your black belt. I was supposed to get it in June. You talking about Dan? Dan, yeah. So yeah. Dan's your trainer. He's my uh, jujitsu trainer. Jiu-jitsu coach, and yes. he decides when you're ready. Yes. Well, I've been doing it forever, dude. I started doing jujitsu. I fought my first amateur MMA fight in 2006. Um, so I must have been doing jujitsu about that time, in 2020. It's a long time of jiu-jitsu. Wait, wait. So, because I know some people don't do it for very long. Some people do it for really long. And everyone gets, it's not like there's a certain amount of hours and you get your belt, right? It's a certain amount of so they skill, say right? Or fights one? Yeah, it's skill a lot. But they say minimum, it takes 10 years to get your black belt. I know minimum some, 10 minimum years? Minimum 10 years. So, uh, Munchie, he got it the fastest I've ever seen anybody get it, six years. Um, but that's super quick training, two times a day, every single day, six days a week. For six years. For six years. And it took them six years. But the majority of people, at least, it takes them 10 years. It's, it's a huge accomplishment because it takes so long. Like, I heard someone got it in three years. Some professional fighter the, got it in three. BJ Penn. BJ, yeah, yeah, yeah. BJ yeah. Penn got it uh, in three years. But now, Did he uh, really get it? or No, he got it. So no one believed him. Everybody criticized him. And he went out and won the world championships that same year just to uh, prove him. That being said, jiu-jitsu now, compared to jiu-jitsu back then, it's in a whole different new level. It's like a whole different new sport. Well, why? So, like... There's not new moves, right? There's a lot of new moves. So, the problem with jiu-jitsu is it keeps on evolving. And the more that people keep on doing it, the more evolved they get. So, BJ Penn, for example, he just got tapped in, like, under, like a minute in his last fight in the UFC. He got tapped out, heel-hooked by uh, Ryan Hall because... Uh, he hooked them. So, like, back in the days, no one did leg locks. Now everybody's doing leg locks, and it's a whole system, and it's a different sport. I'm telling you, back in the days, MMA fighters could compete with jiu-jitsu guys in, like, Abu Dhabis and stuff. Now, <laughs> jiu-jitsu is its own sport, and MMA is its own sport. So, I mean. Yeah, I noticed that about the UFC. You never see, because um, I've done a little jiu-jitsu, a little, like, still white belt, no stripes. I did, like, three months, and then, and then when COVID hit, I, I stopped because I was like, that's too close. Um, for me, like I'll, I'll hang out at a party with a mask on, but I won't, I can't roll with 10 people. I don't, I don't know, like face to face, you know what I mean? On the ground. Yeah. But, um, I just, man, where was I going with this? Oh, oh yeah. I never see anybody in the UFC 
doing the stuff that I'm being taught. You know what I mean? Like I'll see some chokes. I'll see like a, a rear, what's called rear, rear, naked choke. rear naked choke or I'll see an arm bar. But like some of the more advanced stuff, you don't really see it. Well, like a rubber choke or whatever, like all these, all these random weird, like you don't see people rolling around into a, into a, into a choke. So long time ago, so see fighting in the UFC, this might sound a little, a little weird what I'm about to say, but like jujitsu, when jujitsu first started, the reason why it was so dominant was because it was something no one had ever seen. Like a fight. You're on the floor, you're on your back. No one ever seen a triangle choke. No one ever seen a guillotine choke. No one ever seen, like in wrestling, it's the guy on top who's winning. If you could pin me, you win. So if you watch like the Gracie fights in the beginning of the UFC, yeah, they were dominant. But that being said, they were dominant because there was a fight where he fought uh, Dan Severn, I think. Dan Severn beat the crap out of him for 12 minutes. Beat the crap out of him for 12 minutes. And you could see the commentary say, like, Hoyce Gracie is doing this weird scissor lock in his neck that doesn't going to work. And after 12 minutes of beating the crap out of Hoyce Gracie, Hoyce Gracie landed a triangle choke that Dan Severn never saw. I mean, Don Fry never saw. I, I think it was Dan Severn. Dan Severn never saw, and he choked him out. Now you got to ask, was it the martial art that won? Or was it that Hoyce Gracie was tough enough to take a 12-minute minute beating in order to find that choke? So do you see what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. Was it the art? Not everybody's tough enough to take a 12-minute beating. He took a beating for 12 minutes before he actually got that submission. So it's a very controversy. Same thing when they talk about Muay Thai and kickboxing. They say Muay Thai is the best um, stand-up martial art in the world. If you if you uh, go back in time, the first kickboxer was the first Muay Thai guy in the world. Same thing happened. The kickboxer came out, broke the uh, Thai guy's jaw in two pieces, knocked him down, got back up, dislocated his arm, into um, out of socket, the Thai guy kept fighting, landed leg kicks, knocked out the kickboxer. But that being said, I don't know if it was the martial art that won or was the Thai guy just so tough that even right. with a dislocated arm and a broken joint three pieces, kept fighting. Like, do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. is it the art really? The, the kickboxer just didn't know what a leg kick was. He got kicked in the leg, he laughed. Three kicks later, he couldn't move his leg. <laughs> But it's more of a surprise than the art being more dominant. It's more of the guy being tougher because a normal person wouldn't be able to do that. Right. Now, what's the difference between Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Japanese jiu-jitsu? So there are two different arts. So Because uh, what, cause what I know about Brazilian jiu-jitsu is you can almost trace it back like less than 100 years, right? Yeah, I mean, the family's I, like, yeah, it's like in half, 90, they're mostly still alive. So, it, yeah, Helio just died. He's the he's like one of the founders. He died a few years back. But... Uh, so, there's a lot of arguments about jiu-jitsu because uh, jiu-jitsu came from judo. There was a judo champion in Brazil in the 1920s that uh, the Gracie was his driver. He liked, the judo guy liked the Gracie and as like a sign of to show him his appreciation, trained his three kids, judo. And Helio was not athletic. His other two were more athletic, so they learned judo. Helio was less athletic, so he took more on the ground game with judo. And uh, as he took, he just developed the ground game, made it more into a ground game than a stand-up game, and jiu-jitsu was like came, it became alive. But So to answer your question, judo came from Japanese jiu-jitsu. So Japanese jiu-jitsu um, was the art of the samurai, but there was a lot of things that 
you couldn't do it in real life anymore. Like they teach you how to shoot arrows and like use swords and like strike, yeah. like things that didn't make sense for our, for our generation. So it came up with judo. <laughs> judo came out and then judo went to Brazil. He taught judo, but if you really look at judo, there's a grap the whole grappling side of judo that you could see pictures in the 1915s, 1920s that they're doing triangle chokes. Really, and arm I thought bars. judo was just throwing. I thought it was, yeah, it was see, using that, your, that, your. That's the big misconception people have. Judo has a whole art that's based on just the floor. It's a different form of the Olympic judo. They made it for the Olympics. It was mostly became a throwing. You got 10 seconds on the floor, but I forgot the name of this judo, judo style. It starts with a K. Something KK judo, mm -hmm. which is based on the floor. So the judo guys would always argue that they don't understand why Brazilian jiu jitsu is called Brazilian jiu jitsu, and they, because it's basically judo that they just became mastered and became better. They added more floor work than most most judo schools, but if you look it up, there's a judo form that's mostly just floor. If you look up this type of form of judo and you look at the pictures of it, it looks exactly like jiu jitsu. Like, exactly like jiu jitsu. So, um, things like that are interesting. So when I was little, when I was a little kid, I'm like the biggest martial art geek you could ever meet. Like I love this stuff. Like ever since I was like five, like I love uh, martial arts in general. And I would always read the history at it. I, you know, I did Aikido when I was little. I did a little bit of judo. I'm a black belt in Taekwondo too. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm a black belt in Taekwondo. I played third in nation as a junior in that. I used to compete a lot. I worked with a lot of the, the Taekwondo. Uh, Wow, man! I feel there. like you 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 are very engulfed in a lot of different martial arts because I thought you were just a little bit of jujitsu and mainly boxing. I didn't realize you're almost a black belt in jujitsu and you did aikido and judo and taekwondo. That's crazy. That's a lot of time, dude. I mean, you just said it takes well, ten years to get a black it's belt. My, it's been my whole life. I've had at least twenty five years of martial arts. And anyone who knows me is so funny because anyone who knows me knows that. Ever since I was a kid, I would walk around with a backpack in my back, my sweatpants in my thing, and come back from training. So when I'm trying to tell you, like, I'm like, I've been honored, I guess. Like, martial arts has been my life, dude. Like, from my friends to most of the girls that I've dated and I've gone out with, like, uh, to, like, I've traveled the world. I've been to India, Korea, Japan. Like, uh, I've been to uh, Thailand. I've been to Brazil. I've been to, I've traveled the entire world off of this stuff. So, I mean, like, to be honest with you, martial arts is like life for me. Like it, ever since I was little, though, like it's giving me everything when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, do a thing. Until this day, it, it continues. I mean, still gives me my living now. Really? So what what is your number one? That what's your number one love well, out of all of them? Which is which is that you focus on the most and love to do the most? So this is the thing. When I did, I had the privilege of doing Taekwondo when Taekwondo was in its prime, like back in the nineties. Um, early 2000s, Taekwondo was at its peak, and like people compete about it, talk about it, and Jiu-Jitsu was coming up. Um, and then I started boxing when I was 15, so I was 2000, 2001, um, and uh, I started boxing, and I loved it, and I loved everything of it, and each one of them, the reason why I ended up doing MMA was more because... Like, I got to see, martial arts, it, it, it's like a wave, right? So it's what's in style. So Taekwondo was at its peak, right, in the early, late 90s, early 2000s. Boxing has always been neutral. I actually like watching boxing the most when I watch it. Um, it's always been neutral. It's always been around. Boxing is one of those stories. It's never at its peak because there's no boxing gym that's mainstream. So it's all, and nobody wants to go together or go box. So, you know, it's never at its peak. But jiu-jitsu was an expensive sport, and now it's at its peak. And it's funny because now that I'm older, I watch the jiu-jitsu peak, and I'm like, shit. 
it's the same exact mentality as those guys used to have back in the days, right? Like, that it's just, it's the same exact thing. Back in the days, they used to be like, hey, um, jiu-jitsu guys in the early 2000s used to make fun of black, uh, taekwondo. Oh, they just gave them black belts now. But I'm pretty sure you could get a blue belt now up to your purple belt by never even stepping into the gym. Now you can go online, take some classes, and you get your belt. Cause well, that doesn't make any sense. At the How end are you going to apply that? You're going to learn real quick in the real world. You're right. But at the end of the day, it's... Uh, business right everybody wants to live and make their money at the end of the day is hey if i offer you ten thousand dollars for you to give me a belt would you give it to me that doesn't make sense though to give you a belt would you give it to me if i ask you if i give you ten thousand dollars me personally no because i'm i'm setting you up to get messed up how about twenty thousand dollars you're saying I have the power. You have the power. If, as, about, you're saying is if someone's trying to make a living in business, up, then they would do it. They would do it. It's not smart you. though. You're gonna end up getting hurt. You're right. You're gonna but, end up getting hurt. You're right, but uh, at the end of the day, it becomes a business, right? So at the end of the day, yeah. so like, I know I'm jumping all over the spot, all over the place, but... What are you talking about? Which art you love um, the most? Uh, yeah, the reason why I started doing MMA is because when I used to take on those old kicking, my friends were like, oh, I, I could still like punch you in the face, then what? And then I started boxing for years, and then I became good at that, golden gloves, diamond gloves. Um, and people, my friends were like, I could still take you to the floor, because this was like... 2000s, 2005, 6, 2006, I guess, is when I started jiu-jitsu. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to learn some of this jiu-jitsu stuff. And then I did jiu-jitsu and started fighting MMA. And, like, uh, it, it all, like, I love it all. It's all, fighting, dude, is, like, the coolest things in my eyes. Because think about it. It's manipulating somebody against their will. That's what fighting is. Fighting is not... I don't like fighting because I'm tough because whoever knows me knows I'm not tough. I'm not a tough guy at all. It's probably my biggest weakness when I fight because I'm not a tough guy. I base everything on skills, right? So um, that being said, um, everybody knows that. Shit, I forgot what I was going through with this. Like, um, Take your time. It's about manipulating your opponent. It's about knowing every man in this planet. I don't care where you've been, dude. I've been, you, you name it, from India to Slovenia to Korea to Japan to Thailand to Brazil, like Guatemala, like Puerto Rico, like you name it. And all these countries, as poor as they are, there's one man there that thinks he could throw a punch. There's one man there that thinks he could wrestle. There's always that guy at the bar that thinks he could manipulate everybody, like beat everybody up, right? You're saying no skill. They just think they're tough. They just think they're tough, yeah. So like soccer, you have to learn. Um, basketball, you have to learn. Football, you have to learn. Fighting is just in our genes. Every single man in this planet thinks he could fight. I've had dated girls that have told me in the past, they're like, you know, I don't know, my dad's gonna think when you're a fighter. And then after a while, his, her dad is telling me, their, their dad is telling me a story about when they were young and they used to play fight or got hit in the ribs one time or they got into a fight. Every man in the planet thinks he could fight. So to be able to manipulate that, like to be able to stand in front of somebody and realize that, that like, you're manipulating them, knowing that they can't. Like, it, it, it's, in my eyes, it's the most beautifulest thing because it's something that is natural to us. It's not something that, it's not, kicking a ball is not natural to us. But put two, two five-year-olds playing in the room, find out they don't end up wrestling with each other. It's just, aren't our genes. So my quest to the martial arts has always been, how do I learn, this is how I became a coach too, because I, I was even coaching when I was younger because... In my eyes, it's all about manipulating somebody. So when I'm in there, it's not about me being tougher than the guy or being, me being gritty by the guy. This is where I've lost some decisions sometimes. Um, it's because, for me, I want to show you how much better I am than you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about law enforcement and what's going on today, where people's ages, people are like, oh, cops should train more. 
And maybe this shit wouldn't happen, right? Because if cops trained, this shit wouldn't happen. Dude, I've known people have trained for a year, a year and a half in jiu-jitsu. How long have you done jiu-jitsu for? Less than six months. Less than six months. But I've known people have trained for a year, a year and a half of going to jiu-jitsu class three times a week. And to be honest with you, even with a year and a half of experience, just training jiu-jitsu, you're still a white belt. So, I mean. Yeah. The, the, also, what's interesting is the, the, the piece of advice I got the most in, in gym, because obviously I'm, I'm white belt. I take classes that have everyone. I do the all levels. So there's, there's blue, there's purple, there's brown. And then, and then there's, there's your instructor. Everyone, the most common advice I get is stay a white belt as long as you can. Don't, don't try to rush going up because you will, you will get, you, you will not learn as much when you are getting taught, if you know what I mean. They're saying stay, stay at a lower level because once you get to a higher level, uh, your pe- the people you are rolling with won't really help you as much. Yeah, they'll take it a little more seriously on their own. For sure. You know, uh, does that make sense? No, for sure. I mean? um, the coolest thing about jujitsu, the coolest thing about jujitsu in the belt system is that it's it teaches you on its own. So. When you're a white belt, everybody's choking you out. And you're like, oh, fuck, this shit sucks. Like, everyone's armbarring you. And everybody's like, but you learn on your own. You're like, dude, if I don't do this, they won't choke me. And if I don't do that, they won't armbar me. You have to stop doing it on your own. Because if not, you're never going to get your blue belt on your yeah. own. So the reason why they probably tell you to stay as a white belt for as long as time as you can is because it's when you have the least pride. You're expected to. You got nothing to lose, right? You go in, if I get tapped, fuck it. If yeah. I don't, if, I, if you didn't, yeah. But, like, you got nothing to lose. As a blue belt, if a white belt gets, uh, does something, you're like, fuck, this is not good. So your pride gets into you a little bit. As a purple belt, your pride gets more. As a brown belt, gets more. And as a black belt, it's even more. Hopefully, it's less. Um, and as a black belt, you're like, you know what? It doesn't matter if the white belt touches my back because they're going to do anything about it because I defend myself. But that's the thing. When you're a white belt, you're like, yo, dude, I did good against that blue belt. You see that? But if you got smashed, fuck it. I'm a white belt. <laughs> yeah, I do remember. I've only got one person to tap in the six months one person and it was another white belt and it was just i got lucky i was so um i just gave it my all i somehow got into a position where i where i was choking choking him and he just gave up i was i was able to hold on for so long that i think he might have even just tapped to just to go to reset but it was the best feeling in the world best feeling in the world oh man is it because i had been tapped three times every five minutes for six months and then one day it just worked and i was like oh that's fun but i do remember blue belts you you got ten seconds before you're 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 done. Forget yeah. purple and brown and black. Blue belt. I mean, this person's two years ahead of me, and you're helpless, helpless against them. I try everything. It didn't doesn't work. I know. So I'm gonna bring it back to this cop thing for a second because it pisses me off when people are showing Matt Sarah holding a guy at a bar, saying like, "Look, this is how you should really detain somebody." I mean, Matt Sarah, somebody who's been training, a UFC champion, is a black man jiu-jitsu, has been training since he was a kid. Of course he's going to be able to detain somebody, right? Are you talking about the video where the guy's sitting on top of the other guy, yeah. holding his hands? Holding his hands. He's down. drunk, the guy on the ground's drunk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, Matt I've seen Sarah. that. Dude, there are people like, this is how you should really detain somebody. Dude, that's like getting a guy who's been training his whole life, who's a black man jiu-jitsu, and it's, it's a former UFC champion who knocked out George St. Pierre. How many of those guys are going to be cops? Do you know? Like, how yeah. many of those people can you practically fine like today we were talking about navy seals at the gym i was doing jiu-jitsu today and we we're talking about navy seals and we we're talking about how with weapons and knives and stuff they're tough they're cool put them on one-on-one arm um one-on-one combat and with their hands and they're not as good and their philosophy is if you're in battle 
and I have to fight with my hands, I did something wrong, right? Because I'm in the middle of, you're in the middle of nowhere. So if you're, it's down to your hands, you fucked up somewhere. Do you get me? So that being said, that's a Navy SEAL, now a cop. I mean, how do you expect this cop to, who's a normal person, who has never had a punch thrown at him, who has never been, all of a sudden, become this expert detaining people and holding people down? You box, right, Zach? Mm-hmm. You talk. Remember that amateur fight that you had? Yep. So this is why boxing, in my eyes, is the most beautiful sport of them all. And this is, and it's, this is why it's my favorite to watch, see, and teach. Is because it goes against human nature. A hundred percent. I wanted to talk to you about this too. Because um, yeah, because with jujitsu, I remember, um, I've been boxing for years, like a long time. Not not sparring for ten years. For I think it's been about eight years or seven years. Sparring only if you added it all up, it's only dozens of times, right? Over those years, a lot of a lot of hidden bag. But what's crazy is I spent a long time doing it. And so the muscle memory was there for the most part. Jiu-jitsu is less than six months. I have found what I've learned in jiu-jitsu in less than six months, I am more confident and um, I can execute things and, and have better self-defense with that than with all the boxing I've done because it's so hard to break out of that. Something's coming at you. You're, something, you're, you're timing things. Like it's, it's, you're right. It's so not so, human to, to have things hitting you in the face, man, and know how to move out of the way. Boxing begins where your danger starts, and that's what's so scary. So Muay Thai, MMA, I'm telling you because I've done it, so it's not like I could, it's like Muay Thai could hold you off of my leg. You have more limbs. You have more weapons, right? Um, th- so the distance change. Your distance could be further. Your distance oh, I feel like could we're be, back training again, um, man. Distance, your, number one. Your distance could be far. Your distance could be close. It could be all over the place. So, I mean, um, distance is changing. Boxing, though. It's your two hands versus my two hands. It's your two weapons against my two weapons. And if your hands can't hit and my hands can't hit, the game can't start. So I am telling you, in order to box, that you have to stand in front of me at arm's length. And I can't flinch. I can't grab you. I can't flinch and I can't run away. I have to be able to see what you're about to do within the distance of you extending your arm. And that's where boxing begins. This is why boxing is the hardest because it goes against your human nature. So when you hear like Floyd Mayweather sparring in the gym and Oscar La Jolla's and whatever fighters are sparring at the gym, they're not sparring to learn boxing. They're actually sparring to learn their timing. And the reason why they got to learn their timing is because your distancing is away. So even for someone who's been boxing for a long time, it's still a little bit normal to fight an inch or two away. And not in that perfect spot. Because in that perfect spot, when you fuck up, it hurts. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's within seconds, within seconds that punches are fighting. So a boxer has to be able to slow down those punches. And what everybody's saying is so fast, the boxer has to be able to see it slow. And it's literally, so human instincts, if you and me get to a street fight in the streets, we don't know anything. Human instincts, we're going to end up hugging each other. I might take it, we throw one or two punches and then there's going to be a little bit of grabbing and holding and one of us might lose balance, and the other one's on top of the other one punching the it's other one. That's how every on video on, on yep. the internet of a fight goes down. Because that's natural instinct. You put two kids away, we're going to wrestle. Um, we're going to push each other. Just natural instincts. Our, I was just coaching this the other day um, to one of my fighters. I was telling him how this is going to be a horrible example, and it sounds like a really bad example, so I don't know. But... Um, <laughs> 
it's like if you get hit over the head when you're a little kid, right? Because you did something wrong or something, right? Like or like like hit, right? A lot of times you might cry, right? Or you got yelled at. You didn't cry because it hurt. You cried because it was supposed to hurt, right? Because you're supposed to. It, it's supposed to be bad. So when you stand in front of a punch, for me to tell you, hey, Zach, stand in front of the punch, it'll be okay. You're going to look at me and be like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, stand in front of that punch. The punch hurts more in our head than what it physically does hurt. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately because I've seen videos of people who get hit and they go they go lights out. And from a hit that was didn't even look like it was that hard. Now, I've been hit hard, I feel like, many times. I've never come close to, to getting knocked down, knocked out, all, like feeling like I'm, I'm black, blacked out, any of that. So I do wonder if it's just because I've been hit so many times. And me so many times is not like you so many times. But enough for me to know that it's, it's not that bad. Yeah, well, and that's... You're good. Whole, You're yes. good even if you get hit. So that's step number one. That's only step number one for your brain to realize that, hey, it's not that bad. Once your brain starts realizing, hey, it's not that bad, then you start seeing things. And you start seeing punches. And you start seeing and reacting and, and having fun. But the number one thing to get, to get rid of is to understand that it, it's okay. And that's the hardest part to teach, even though it's so simple. So that's why if you see most boxers, world champions, you'll never see a champion that started at 18, 19. You do see it in MMA. You will never see it in boxing. Once in a while, you get one guy that became a boxer at 19 or 18. Because in MMA, if you don't like getting hit, you could grab a leg. You could. There's many ways out. I'm not saying it's an easy sport. It's a different sport. Boxing begins where... You could punch me. And I could in your, my danger zone is where boxing begins, not an inch away. Because if you could punch, and I can't counter you, none of us are boxing. We're just doing you punch, I punch. Um, punches are in a zone that I could put you in a place that I know I could counter you when I want to, or I know I could punch you when I want to. But in order for that to happen, is I need to be within my punching distance. Does that make sense? Yeah. You said distance was everything. I remember that was the number one rule. Yeah, and then if you remember your fight, you want to talk about your fight? We can talk about my fight. I, I've been waiting so, eight months to talk about it. Longer, man. It's been 11 months. So mm, 10 months, 11 months. Your fight? There's I'm, a few things you actually I don't think you know about. What do you mean? So have you ever watched the video of the fight? Real quick, you showed it to me. Of, of my fight? Of your fight, yeah. I did? Yeah. So at the very beginning, because I know you might have missed the beginning, I go... To touch gloves with him, and he punched you, and he and he hooks me in the jaw, mm -hmm. with my arm straight out. I wake up sometimes at night and think about that. To this day, I still do that. Um, and and there's a couple other things that I'm like, why why did I do that? Why did I do that? I've been doing it not like that for for the month I was training, and I, I should have been training four months, but it was only one month. But it doesn't matter because because we had a good plan, and I feel like a couple things went wrong. Between like the fact that my nose bleeds very easy, which is why in the second round I, I took one hit and they called it. I felt fine. I wasn't even out of breath, which was my biggest worry. I thought I was. I thought my cardio was going to be my issue. When you had three weeks to train, right? Three weeks to train, but I thought, okay, as long as I get my cardio up, everything else will come with. Which was my first big mistake, right? Then you start teaching me the stuff that really matters. But what happened was I had the the thought that okay, I'll let him tire himself out round one. Round two, I'll turn it up. Round three, I'll use, I'll empty the tank because that's where my cardio is at. I only have limited. 
So the first round kind of covered up most of it. Didn't feel a thing. No pain. All the hits he landed. No pain. I was like, in round two, this will be great. I'll turn it up. I remember. Three hits into round two, my nose opened up and it's over. And I was so mad because I was like, now, now this is it. This is the plan. It's time to fight. And it was over. So, I was so mad. So I know what happened to you. Um, I think about it every day. I want to go. And oh, by the way, before you tell me what I did wrong, the worst part about this whole thing is that the next day I woke up and I said, I want another fight. I want to fix everything I did wrong well, last night. It happened so fast. And then I was like, okay, next year I'm going to do this again. And then COVID happened. So I'm living with this. You get knocked down, you get back up. And now I got back up and there's no one to fight. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a negative feeling that you, you want to do better and get better and fix the situation. But so, you can't. So, uh, so first let's talk about what I did wrong. Or um, what your opinion of the whole thing. I'm going to trace it back to, uh, to me, and I'm going to bring it back to you right now. Um, I'll tell you why. Um, fighting, in a way, as much as I like to say it's about manipulating a lot, and it's about knowing, and it's about skill, it really is. Um, when I was young, um, I remember uh, I used to win a lot, and I won a lot of tournaments in all sports, and it was mostly because I wasn't nearly as good as I was, what I became. Um, but I fought, I guess you could say, angry, and I just couldn't take no for an answer. I fought. I was there to fight. Mm -hmm. I wasn't there to, to spar. I wasn't there. I was there to fight. And it might have looked ugly at times, but I wasn't scared to get ugly. And then I got good. I got really good. Like, if you, like people at gyms knew who I was. Like, world champs would know who I was. And... Um, I would get sparring with them and do great. Problem was, the better I became, the less angry I became. And still my problem a little bit. Um, so, and then I would lose. and started losing. And, and then I started winning. I would win. I would lose. I would win. And it had nothing to do. And my mom and my brother, who know nothing about fighting, would always be like, Danny, you know what your problem is? You just got to get angry. <laughs> That's it. You just got to get angry. Yeah. But I, I was like, no, it's about skill. And then you just got to get angry. So when you go back to your fight, dude, like, I saw you spar the first, the first week when we sparred. And, uh, I mean, I was like, shit, we got a lot to work with. Oh, yeah. And uh, we had three weeks to get ready. And by the second week, you were showing me major improvement. You got stopped, scared of getting hit. You were doing some encounters. You were looking better at the gym. Um, and that happened. And it was great. Now, here's where the problem happened. Um, we got to the fight, and, yeah, I was a little late for the for the coaching, and, and I showed up a little late. I think I was coming from the restaurant or whatever. And uh, I showed up, but we warmed up. But I kept telling you, Zach, you're too relaxed. I know, and that was what I was focusing yep. on the most. And I, I wanted like, to be relaxed to keep my heart rate down. At the same time, you had to understand to fight. I've been there. So, yeah, dude. Yeah, man. I think about that, too. So, dude, twice has happened to me. Um, when I'm too relaxed and I've been in a fight because it happens and I got hit one time and I was like what the fuck was that um, because I was too relaxed and then I was in another fight which similar to you I, I, I put my head off the rope and I was almost I was out the ring and uh, when I put my head back in the kid caught me so hard I woke up um, I, had, I had to get stitches and my thing the guy hit me when the ref said stop and put my hands down so that's what I learned keeping hands up I still got stitches right in the middle of my forehead from that um, so the biggest difference was they want to win. 
whether they have the same skills as you or not, it doesn't matter to them. They're there to fight. And when you went to that fight, the biggest, your biggest problem was you could have been prepared. You maybe could have been even more skilled than the guy, which I believe you were in three weeks. Give you six weeks of training, you probably would have killed him. Except that he was there to fight and win, and you were there to box. So Yeah, I've heard that a few times um, from people who've watched. So you were there to spar, though. You weren't there to box. I was there to trade shots. You, you were there to spar. Yeah. You were there for sparring and not for winning. And to this day, Zach... The reason why I've been able to coach all these athletes and do good. Dude, I've coached people that have better records than me. And I've coached people that have done a lot better than me. And people don't understand. Because they see me in the gym and they're like, Danny, I just don't understand. And it's simply that. It's just simply that when I spar, I, I, when I fight, it's not that I'm getting killed or anything. It's just if the guy gets a little bit meaner and he just wants to win that much more than me, that's what the ref is seeing. Who wants to win? Who is showing the, the, the ferocity? Like uh, your girlfriend, for instance. Who doesn't know anything about boxing, right? Um, when she watches the fight, she's not saying, oh, Zach is catching the punch and hitting him back and he's countering, blah, blah, blah. He's saying, yo, that guy looks like he wants to kill Zach. Yeah. So the momentum is going towards the guy. People are watching are not watching for skill. People are watching are watching because they want to see someone kill somebody. <laughs> so if the guy's on top of you, they're thinking like, yo, Zach. Inside your head, you might be like, uh, dude, like, um... I'm freaking going to knock him out. I'm catching him. But everybody out there is just seeing the guy who's throwing a thousand punches and just wants to win and get ferocious. Now, I'm not telling you that's what you have to do. What I'm saying is you have to realize that you're there to fight. You have to realize that you're there. You got to be there to bite down your mouthpiece and swing. And you have to realize that you can't. You're not there to be the guy's friend. You're there to fight. Um, I fought, I think it was my second MMA fight, pro MMA fight. And, uh, dude, I, I fought this little black kid. And... Uh, and I fought the first round, and, and dude, this guy couldn't hit me at all. He landed like two punches in the entire fight. I jab, 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 cross the entire fight. So I would go into my corner every single one of the rounds. And I'm like, yo, I won that round, right? And they'll be like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. Came back to the second round. I was like, yo, I won that round, right? They were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. Came back. The third round, I was playing around a little. I was a jab, jab. Dude, I swear to God. This kid could not punch me in the face, and there was an MMA fight. He was trying to take me down and could not take me down. I would actually let him hold me against the fence and punch him in the face while he's holding me against the fence, right? Because I was like, this fucker ain't taking me down, right? In my head, I was like, yo, this is an easy fight. Um, I didn't even get aggressive. I, I was as mellow as I could be because I was like, yo, dude, I countered every single shot he gave me. He landed one overhand right in the beginning that knocked my mouthpiece out, but it's not that it hit me so hard. It just knocked my mouthpiece out because other than that, the kid didn't even touch me. I swear the kid was cut both in front of both eyes. And when I went back and I got the decision, two referees gave it to me. I mean, sorry. Um, one referee gave it to me 30-27, right? 30-27. You know what that is? Yeah. All three rounds, right? Because it's 23 yeah. rounds. So I won all three rounds, 30-27. The other two referees gave it to him 29-28, 29-28. Um, you know what those referees were saying? I didn't understand it because I was stubborn. I was so fucking stubborn. And, and this is why I love fighting. So I, I like to be like, what the fuck just happened? And this is what makes it coach because I could break down why I lost that fight. Um, I lost that fight not because I lost that fight or got beat up. I got lost that fight because even though it was jab, 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 cross, and I was landing the cleaner punches, the guy was throwing more and the guy was trying to pin me against the fence. And people were looking at the aggression and not the skill. Yeah, it looked like he was in control. 
Yeah, yeah. Right. He he was like they were looking at the aggression. They they were looking, dude. This guy didn't even touch me. And it was easy jabs and easy crosses, but because they were looking at the aggression of him driving me against the fence, of him trying to throw, he won off of aggression, not off of skill. Pure aggression, not even effective aggression, just aggression. So when you fought, to bring that back to you, um, you had no aggression. You had no... Zero. Yep, you had no... And I kept on telling you before the fight because I knew it. Um, you had no aggression going into you. You were... Uh, you were too comfortable. You were there to spar. You Which were was there. the opposite of, of the last three weeks before that. The, the, I was worried about gassing. being, yeah. My biggest fear was that I was going to run out of breath and he was going to be able to take over. So I was trying so hard to stay calm, keep my heart rate down. I was so calm that when I walked into the ring, you would have thought I was sitting down for tea. Yeah. I was I was so calm. And the guy was over there biting his mouthpiece, punching himself in the face. Like the, this guy, uh, Yeah, it looked like it was so funny to watch because- of course, as I'm coaching, I'm not going to be saying like, "Look, look at it, look at the difference of the thing." But so crazy to watch. You had the other guy freaking screaming and like freaking flexing. He was pumping himself he up. He was flexing testosterone. He had a lot more to lose too. Testosterone there was flying through. They had nothing to lose. His testosterone was flying. No, I mean, it's like he had the biggest crowd of supporters there. He raised the most but, money, so he had, he had a lot. It would be bad if he yeah, didn't win. Yeah, you know. If you were guys the third round, who knows that character would have still been able to punch because. A lot of times that happens, adrenaline happens so much that he was there to freaking fight and he didn't want to look bad in front of his friends. So he's going to come at you. I told you, this guy, remember me telling you this guy's going to come at you like a bat out of hell? Yeah. He told me, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. ready. Which I'm, is what happened. And I and I, I covered up and I was like, this guy's going to punch himself out. I'll yep. take, I'll start up in the second round and then 10 seconds in the second round, they wave the fight. They wave the fight, yeah. <sighs> but, I was uh, so mad, man. I wasn't even out of breath yet. Which was my well, biggest you, fear. You never got started. So never got started. I fight a lot, a lot of times when you talk about fighting. I always compare it to I compare it to like a roller coaster. And the reason why I compare it to a roller coaster is because fighting is the coolest thing in the world, dude. Because you don't you could prepare yourself as much as you could. You could run. You could like, but at the end of the day, you don't know what's gonna happen because it's so unpredictable. Right? You could be in the best shape. You could win. You could hire your percentage of chances of winning, but you never know what's going to win. So that fear is what makes you so like a rush. Winning a fight is one of the greatest feelings in the world right? because you work so hard on it. Same shit as losing. Losing the fight is one of the worst feelings in the world because you work so hard for it. So um, when you fought that day of the fight, his testosterone, his friends, his crowds were screaming. If he wasn't married, he probably got laid that night. Like it's... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like his testosterone was just so high. He was so amped and up. And you were so relaxed. So relaxed. So, and I kept telling you, dude, you got to get a little bit more amped because I, I need you to get ready to bite down. Like, I need you. And what I was trying to tell you is I need you to get ready for the grind because I know this is coming. And sometimes when it comes to fighting, you might have to push the guy. And you might have to headbutt the guy. And something when I was younger, I didn't understand. I was like, no, dude, I want to be clean all the time. I want to be clean all the time. It's not about being clean. It's just sometimes it's a mean sport, right? So as skilled as you are, you have to be able to bite down. If he pushes you, you got to be able to push down because you cannot back down, right? So you, you know tennis? Yeah. So tennis, it looks competitive. It looks competitive when you're watching it. And then once in a while, it just seems like one side is just killing the other side because the other side took the momentum. Do you know what I'm saying or no? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what fighting is. So it's two walls clashing until one wall starts breaking down. And then... Once they take the momentum, it's fucking hard to get the momentum back. So most people who don't know how to coach um, will tell the fighter the easy solution. Go out there and throw a thousand punches. 
And the reason why that works is because you got them throw a thousand punches. Hopefully, you start breaking his momentum. And once you start breaking the momentum, it's hard to regain momentum. That's why the hardest part about the fight is the first 10 seconds, 15 maybe. That's when your brain fucks with you the most. That first initial contact that you make. So if the guy comes out like nice and dancing around and stuff, it's not as bad because uh, you feel like, okay, I could work myself in the fight. But dude, when this guy comes out of bad at a storm and you're like, <gasps> fuck, yeah. it could come out to scare you. It might gas you faster. Your brain might play games on you. Like your body's not even warmed up on you. So for you, it's a learning experience. We all been through it. Like it, it's your own, it was your first fight. So um, I've always argued the sense that People don't view it like jiu-jitsu, for example, right? So if you see a black man jiu-jitsu winning world championships, you never knew how good he was when he was a white belt or a blue belt. Like, you kind of don't know because that's where he got experiences from, right? He Same thing must have might have happened to him. He got caught a few times as a white belt. He got caught. So, but he got his experience in. So for you, mostly, Zach, I think it was an experience. Like, you weren't expecting. You didn't think it was. You were thinking he was going to hit you in between the rounds. Now I guarantee you, next time you go out there, you're going to be expecting this fucker to freaking Oh, man. Right? I wish I could have had the fight the next day. Yeah, but I would have come out like a bat, like a bat out of hell, like you said. Not, Even after the fight, when we went backstage, we went back under the, I got hyped up, nose bleeding. I was like, I was fucking hitting my chest, like, ooh, man, I want to go back and do this again. Fuck, man, I want to do it again, which I'm sure every fighter feels like after when they lose. Well, that's why I was comparing to a roller coaster. The worst part about fighting is, sorry, I didn't get into the roller coaster um, analogy. The best thing about fighting is that, like, about a roller coaster is. You're getting ready for this fight. You're getting ready for the fight. This getting ready for fight, and two things are gonna happen. And this is what happened to you, actually. So you know when you go up in a roller coaster, the roller coaster goes up, the roller coaster goes up, the roller coaster goes up, and then it just stops for a split second, and yeah. then it starts, right? Yeah. So this is what fighting is. It goes up, up, up. You're getting into ring. You're getting into ring, into ring, and now it's your turn to start. Or by the time you notice, the fight ends, and you never got started. Do, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like you got the same anticipation as a roller coaster. You're ready to do this drop. But your body fills up on you, or you just weren't ready for the house faster. Then it's done, and you're like, what the fuck? Wait, 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 wait. I want to do this shit again. Yeah, that's the worst part. I'd rather have gotten knocked out than to feel like for I sure. didn't do anything. Well, to be honest with you, I don't even think it's you rather get knocked out. I just think that you just wanted to get started. And that's the worst. Like, just start it. Like, just, like, amp. Like, feel your body going and feel like, fuck it. If I lost, but I fought, I w it wouldn't feel so bad. I would have been fine losing. Which, which might, might be the right thing to say, but I would have been fine knowing that I put everything into it. What I didn't like is that I feel like, I never, like you said, never got started. Yeah, never got started. It's like a roller coaster. You got ready. You got up there. Just the roller coaster drops because you got no choice. You have to go on the roller coaster. But in the fight, you go up there, and if you don't get started, the roller coaster is done. And the only thing behind your head, because this happened to me too, the only thing behind your head is like, the fuck just happened? Yep. Dude, I fought this one fight one time when the guy actually asked me, yo, Denny, like, I know who you are. He was like, were you trying to win? And I don't want to be like, duh, fuck. Like, what you think? Um, but the response is, I know you were saying, like, you never got started. Like, does that make sense? Like, yeah. it's like, it's not how good you are. It's not how good you are. It's, that's why they say some fighters could perform on the lights. It's when the roller, when the roller coaster is ready to start, you got to be ready to let go. And if you hope for two happen, it happens so fast that, like you said, Sometimes the fight is done. You're like, yo, dude, I'm really fucking tired. Dude, I, didn't, I feel like I didn't even fight. And for you, that's what I'm saying. Now you know for the next time, hey, the guy might hit you 
um, as soon when I go shake his hand, so I have to watch out. Why? Before you were naive, you didn't know, you didn't think the guy was actually gonna be mean and hit you when you're shaking his hand and stuff like that. Does, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So now you're ready. All these stuff, or it makes you realize, and this makes you learn. So next time, or let's say your friend is fighting, you could be like, "Hey, dude, <laughs> watch out, or don't put your hand out, because I got punched in the face last time that happened." Yeah. Yeah, man, I think about it all the time because I want to, I want to fix it and improve and, and and get better. You know, I don't want to make the same mistakes twice, and it's a learning experience in the end. Like I'm, I'm sometimes I'm like, you know, it's good it went down that way because I learned some valuable lessons even outside of that. Like, don't think, don't think someone else is going to show you the same respect of touching gloves at the beginning. You know what I mean? But in life, right? A lot of things like that. Don't think you have time. You might not. You might not have three rounds. Maybe you only got one. All those lessons I, I learned in that, in, that little, in that little moment. Damn, Zach, that's deep. It's real deep. Uh-huh. But it's applied in life. Well, and, 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 and now I want to go back and now do it right the second time around. I want to fight again. I don't want to fight career-wise, but I do want to fight again. Um, I hope you do fight again, bro. Like, yeah, man. There's not a better rush in it. I mean, it gets you in shape. You know, Zach, like like I told you before in the beginning of this, I told you that uh, fighting, for me, the fighting is life. Like, like it's the most beautiful thing in the world. One time I got into an argument with a guy who's religious and goes to me like, dude, what you do, you just teach me how to punch each other in the face. And, you know, like, that's not life. I mean, like, that's not part of life. You know, that should be a shame, like, God. And I, I looked at the guy and go, are you sure that's what I do? I remember you telling me about And this. he goes to me, yeah. I go, dude, I go, if you could take somebody, tell them to run when they don't want to run. It teaches them that they have to do something when they don't want to. Then you tell the guy, hey, you can't eat or have sex when a girl calls you because um, you want to fight, right? Yeah, discipline. You teach somebody to not do food, even when you're out at a bar. Can't eat food or drink when people are eating in front of you, dude. A hot girl could be calling you. You're gonna be like, "Hey, I gotta be at the gym. Sorry." Like, like these are like the just the normal things of life. Like, you get me? Like, it's stuff like, "What do you mean? You go, you're not gonna go to that girl's house because?" Or, "What do you mean? Like, you're not gonna eat that food everybody else is eating?" Or, "Like, you really don't want that drink, Zach?" Like, it makes you. I've had guys who work in companies that tell me like, "Danny's the best I've ever felt." Like, I forgot what it feels like to feel this good, and. Like I said, like the boxing gym is like, the, sorry, I'm not going to say boxing, martial arts, jiu-jitsu. The greatest thing about jiu-jitsu and martial arts and stuff is like, no matter what you are in life, whether you're a lawyer, a doctor, a garbage man, a teacher, we're all in there and no one even asks who you are. Like, we're all the same. We're all laughing. We're all talking. We're all, we're all like, everybody's together. So a kid who'd never been around a lawyer, a doctor, and I was hanging out with a doctor, a lawyer, thinking that, yo, dude, this guy's not different. This guy's just like me. Like, and, and, and like, it's it just like, no one discriminates against anybody, color or whatever. It's just about, we're all working together. And the only thing that we do discriminate, the bad people and the good people. So that means the people who aren't that good have to work harder. And if they work harder, they know they'll be just with the good guys. So that's the only, so it's about not who you are. It's about how much work and effort you put into it. So it teaches you hard work. Because if you want to compete and it's like a group of people, not even compete, like, because not everybody who does it competes, but you know everybody who does it does it to be good, to get good, to uh, to to learn it, to love it, and 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 it's like a process. So when I talk about people, when people are like, oh no, this fighting stuff, I'm like, dude, what you get off of this is like you said, it, it's life lessons. Like 
totally life lessons, things that you could apply to your life every single day when it comes to life. Right. I mean, it is one of the most discipline requiring things you could do is fight, is training for a fight. Because cause it, every, every minute does matter. It really does. Every little thing. Every second matters. Those last 10 seconds when you hear that tick, tick, tick. Bro, those 10 seconds feel like an hour when you're tired. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It is, um, it's very much a, you're trapped and you have no choice but to do, do everything you can to survive. Yeah. You don't, you don't experience that anywhere else. Every second matters. Especially and when people are watching too. That high is amazing when you get there because at that second, when you're at the gym, when you're sparring, you're not thinking about anything else in life. The only thing that matters to you is that punch just flying at you. Yeah. Like that zone is freaking amazing. But I guess you get in other sports too. But I guess yeah. other sports don't hurt that much. Well, it's a little different. Not a lot of sports are one-on-one, right? Yes. Not a lot of sports are one-on-one. And, uh, you know, really, really force you to, to you know, do, do it all. Your, I mean, yeah, one-on-one, do it all yourself. I mean, sometimes you're sharing. It's, there's a reason a team sport is called a team sport. It requires everyone to have at least a portion of what they specialize in to get to a common goal. But when it's just you, do you oh, know, man, dude. Do you know uh, when I was young, when I was in high school, I played football, and uh, I was actually pretty good at it. And I played, I was starting running back, and my coach wanted me to get to 220, he wanted me to get big and he, he wanted was you to be 220. You 220. Yeah, I know. He wanted me to get jacked and he was like, dude, you could be it. And I was like, the problem I had with football was I was never a loud person. I was always quiet. And I always, and when you play team sports a lot, it, it was about who was cool, who was not cool. And like, and even though I thought I was the best player in the team, <laughs> or some of the coaches you say, um, it was just, I felt like I never got that credit because, uh, I wasn't the loudest. I wasn't the biggest. I wasn't, I, I was just like, that, yeah. right? So the coolest part about fighting is another lesson it, it teaches you, Zach, is a lot of people are like, oh, Danny, you lower your pride. Like, why? Like, you talk and you, and I'm like, dude, like, the best thing about fighting, Zach, is you could be mean. You could be, walk with your chest out. You could be cursing. You could put on whatever show. You could be, dude, at the end of the day, I could be like with a big smile. Hey, how are you? At the end of the day, dude. The only thing that matters is we're both going to go in there and win or lose. I guarantee you, I'm going to earn your respect. So it doesn't matter how nice I am. I don't have to prove myself to anybody because you know that actions is what proves, not how, how much you talk, how cool you are, what you're doing or what you're walking. Like it's literally your actions that talk. So I could be quiet. I could be nice. I could be goofy. I could be like, hey, 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 like the Ninja Turtles. Right. Right. But at the end of the day, when it comes to fighting, you know who I am. So that's how life is, right? It's not always who's the loudest, who's the screamiest, who's like whatever, whoever's flashing. It's by the end of the day, you, when you meet the person, it's when you're like, oh, shit. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. So it helps you like the egos, the machismo and all that, like that people are out like, oh, you got to walk out there with your chest out or like when somebody talks to me like, yo, what up? Like, you know, like just look at people weird. Like um, it just helps you be relaxed, confident, and just know that the only thing that matters is who you are. Right. How do you feel about um, boxing today? I know some people feel like it's a dying sport, but I don't know now with, with the sure. heavyweights and what's going on. Boxing is a dying sport. How um, do you feel about all the, all the heavyweight fighters now and, and the people like Anthony Joshua and the, the Tyson heavy, Fury? 
I think the heavyweight division is amazing and it's bringing drama, but I believe the UFC ruined uh, boxing. Um, let me rephrase that. I think the UFC ruined fighting. Um, ruined fighting? Yeah. Didn't take away attention. Ruined it, you're saying? Ruined it completely. Um, so back in the days when I was growing up, there was something called HBO Boxing. Yeah, I know what HBO Boxing and, is. And uh, it's an amazing... It was amazing, like... HBO used to promote their fighters. HBO used to uh, put you in the lives of these fighters. Like you saw these fighters coming up from like and building them up, and so everyone knew who these fighters were. That's why Askeloya could come back right now. Like they just say he's coming back, and like people are still willing to watch. That's why Mike Tyson could come back right now, and all my people are like, oh my god, it's a it's sad that a retired boxer could come back and pulls a lot more people than like. Than a current boxer. Yeah. That no one else is following. No one thinks about it like that. But it's because no one wants to put down, putting down a fighter, money on fighters sucks, right? So like HBO built Floyd Mayweather, then HBO, um, Floyd Mayweather went to Showtime. Remember that? So uh, when he made to Showtime, HBO built him. It's fucked up, right? Like he, they invested in him and now he just went to Showtime because Showtime paid him more money. So when you invest in a fighter, you're risking. So the more that you risk, um, you, people stop started saying now this is how fighting works, which I think it's bullshit, bro. I think fight fighting works like this now. It works. Hey Zach, um, there's social media now and there's internet. It's your job to put yourself out there, and if you do such a good job of putting yourself out there, maybe you make it a big time. Well, you're saying it's better that if a if a platform or a company puts you out there, like they take they well, take control they take, of they take responsibility for you, right? So they're building you up. They put the whole world. So boxing works like this, right? This is why boxing people don't understand why boxers get paid so much more than UFC fighters. Um, boxing works like this. I got my manager, my promoter, and I got everything, right? And they fight for different promotions, right? So uh, you got your um, you got your boxers, your managers, and whatever, right? So. Your manager and your promoter is going to tell the whole world every time you fight that you're the best fighter in the world. We're going to put you out there and every, we're going to put you on a radio station. We're going to say you're the best fighter in the world, right? And everyone's going to say that, tell my, my, my manager, my promoter, going to tell the whole world that I'm the best fighter in the world. There's a reason for this. So finally, when the, we got the whole world listening, I got all my fancy listening. I got all your fancy listening. Now we're like, look, dude, this is what I bring to the table. And you're like, look, this is what I bring to the table. So we bring so much people that we could make millions. Does that make sense? The UFC doesn't work like that. The UFC, so when we go watch a, watch a Floyd Mayweather fight, we say, yo, dude, you're going to go watch that Floyd Mayweather fight? Yo, dude, you're going to watch that Wilder fight? What's the UFC for 90% of times? Unless McGregor fights, you say, hey, dude, you're going to watch the UFC fight? Because the UFC is concerned about building up their name, not their fighters. So the UFC will be like, hey, Zach, you want to fight for the title? I can pay you 100 grand. Like, 100 grand? What the fuck? No. Like, oh, you don't want to? Okay, cool. Um... Hey, dude, do you want to fight for, that, uh, for, for the UFC title? Is that because it hasn't been around as long? No, it's because they took their management from um, from uh, WWF. So you got no rights to your name. So it's not about marketing. It's not about like... So everything in life is about marketing, right? So the more you market yourself, the better you're off in the UFC, right? So Which is why McGregor's... McGregor's as big as he is, is even the, though he might not be the best, right? I mean, he's probably not the best. He hasn't beat the best, he right? He just amazing. McGregor's actually the best that's ever happened to the UFC, to the fighters, because he actually went out, he broke boundaries. So McGregor is worth so much, right, that that just when he says McGregor, everybody watches, right? So mm -hmm. the UFC for the first time has to, like, 
they have to leverage with somebody. The UFC doesn't leverage with anybody. In boxing, you leverage. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So in boxing, I have to leverage. That's what people are like, oh, the best want to fight the best. The best do want to fight the best, but they're waiting for the right moment. In the, U in the time in the UFC, UFC is just like, yo, dude, oh, that's the fight you guys want to watch? Cool. Let's make it happen. So how come people like the new boxers, like the when I say new, I mean like the Deontay Wilder, the Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz, how are they doing that? How are they being, you know, I mean, they're, are they just adopting an industry that already was high paying and, and lights act? camera action kind of thing yeah or? but if you really pay attention to it it's still not as watched like uh it's no longer an event boxing used to be an event like used to get like if there was floyd the only one who really has an event right now is floyd right when floyd comes back everybody watches right like canelo right now might be an event people watch but other than that like no one's watching it's no longer it's no longer an event like it's no longer like the world is no longer watching and it's because they took they took the interest about it. Like, you know how LeBron James is always in the news? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, football players are always in the news. Like, like Tom Brady or like, something. But that's not them who's putting them in the news. It's their media who's putting them in the news. It, they're making sure that they're always out there. So you think you think just bo boxers have better marketing just because of, of the platform? No, not anymore. In the past. In the past. I think that's why boxing is dying sport right now. Because no one, there's all these champions now. And no one, like Crawford right now is a champion. Everyone's like, oh my God, he's the next big thing. As an average person, they know who the hell Crawford is. Right. Like, no one knows. Like, no one. And same thing with the UFC. I watch the UFC. Like, I literally watch the UFC. And there's all these fighters, I have no idea who they are. Because there's a show every single week that you, it's hard to follow who's who. So, there is no more. They don't put interest on any fighters anymore. And it, it, the, it, the sport used to be about fighters. Now it's about companies. Why do you think the, the UFC is so popular compared to boxing? They're great. They're great marketings. Um, it's not. It's not just how fast it is. It turns so, up three rounds. We have five fights a night. Yes. Um. Well, there's more bound to be knockouts. There's more bound. So, for instance, do you know why heavyweights get paid the most out of every single thing? In I boxing? didn't know heavyweights get paid the most. And in boxing, they do. The heavyweights get paid the most money. The big because of the most knockouts. Yes. The 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 chances of seeing a knockout with a 265 pound man and swinging another 265 pound man is high. When you see 247 pound fighters fighting. There's most likely they're going for 12 rounds, right? So everyone's seeing knockouts, everyone's seeing finishes. So yes, the UFC um, has done an amazing job on there's scoring system. So if you're the guy on top, you're winning. Um, if you're the guy being the aggressor attacking, you're winning. Even if the counterfighter, they don't want to see counterfighters. They want to see people who come forward and knock you out. So they've done a good job in establishing that. Um, not skill. That's why I told you I lost the MMA fight. Remember right. I told you I lost the MMA? Yeah. They want to see guys coming forward, guys trying, attempting. They don't want to see. So that does take part of the media. But that being said, the UFC is also really good at being in the media. The UFC, though. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So they're building their brand. They're building their market. So for the UFC, it's an honor to fight for the UFC. If like You should be honored to fight for the UFC. It's the way they look at it. The UFC, so you should be honored to fight there. While in boxing, if Floyd Mayweather, they're giving him titles because they want them to fight for his organization because it's an honor to have Floyd Mayweather as their champion. See a difference in mentality yeah. there? It's an honor to have Canelo as their champion. WBC, oh shit, it's an honor. So we're going to give you the diamond, the diamond uh, thing because it's an honor to have them fight for me. It, when you reverse it in the UFC, and the UFC is not like that. The UFC is an honor for you to fight for me.
So what's going on with this, with like Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr.? Like why, why is this happening? Does it help anything? Is it good for anything? Is it bad for anything? What do you feel that, about that's it? That's just a money fight. So like... You think it's stupid? Boxing is so sad that... Uh, that uh, I, I think you, you saw the YouTuber who fought in London a few months back, Paul Logan. Yeah, Paul Logan. Logan Paul. Logan Paul. And, uh, and uh, I don't know his name. So Dude from London. Logan Paul headed the event, and inside that car, there was three world champions underneath him. How sad is it that no one knew that there was three world champions with the whole world? The I heard that they broke world. records. They broke pay-per-view records, which shows you where we're at right now. We're, also shows you that three world champions and... No one even talked about the world champions. Also, to your point, it showed that marketing was most important. These are two people that have 20 million subscribers each on YouTube. So now you got to guarantee so they have a following. millions of pay-per-view buys. They have a following. So a boss of mine once saw me a long time ago. He goes, dude, I didn't think about this fighting. Like He goes, you guys are fighters, not business people. So you guys don't know how to market yourself. I'm like, duh. <laughs> like... Marketing and all that, it's a different aspect. And you know that. This is what you do, right? So, um, like, you know, you help market, take pictures and, like, all that stuff for businesses, yeah. right? So, I mean, it's telling fighters to market themselves to do things. Like, I've, I know fighters that are amazing, dude. I'm talking about amazing. And could be the next world champions. And they're not a big deal. And then I know other fighters that... Might not be as good, but because they have more of a following, make more money. Because it's all about well, the following now. It's it all about social media now. Yeah. Back in the days, there was no social media. So the only people that got you out was actually the companies. So in order for the companies to do that for you, they had to invest money in you. But you know, Zach, how about one day you just leave me after investing millions of dollars? Or even worse, you lose. I just lost all my money. Mm -hmm. So I'm investing money in you, hoping that you're going to make me money. But... I'm also taking gamble because you might lose. You might just walk away. You might go to another company. So I just lost all my money. So companies started saying, like, yo, this shit is stupid. You know what? Let's do it the way the UFC is doing it. They're marketing themselves. And uh, if they do good, good. And if not, who cares? This is why boxing is dying. Yeah, well, it makes sense. I mean, sometimes I wonder if it really is all the best fighters fighting or if it's just those that, are, that sell the best. Do you know what I mean? In what sport? Any. In the UFC a lot for a long time. They will keep on bringing down the old... Like the ones who, who make the most noise for TV, the best sound so, bites, all that stuff, they seem to be the ones who are always there. Not maybe the guy from the village somewhere so the, who really is the best. The UFC built this guy, Cotillo Ortiz, mm -hmm. a long time ago. You ever heard of him? Mm -hmm. So he was their poster boy for a while. The UFC built him. When he was doing good and he was on top of the world, he actually told the UFC to pay him more money or he was going to go fight in Japan. Um, I think the UFC said no, so he went to Japan. He never fought. I don't know what happened, but that was the end of Tito. Um, and then Tito, I think he ended up coming back to the UFC. But that being said, the UFC did not like that because in the beginning, they were running it like boxing. Then the UFC said, you know what? Fuck that. We're not promoting fighters. We're promoting our brand. So they're so into promoting their brand that They never really built no other fighters. So a lot of the other fighters that came from, like Anderson Silva, um, Vanderlei Silva, uh, uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson, um, Eddie Alvarez. Like, if you really see a lot of the fighters, the big names that we know, really come from a different organization that built them. And then the UFC took them.
none of them were really built in the UFC. Yeah, UFC built Tito Ortiz, Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, but it's a handful. So for a while, that circle of fighters that were fighting each other, they were like in their 40s. They were still fighting each other because the UFC just kept on putting them to fight each other because they were the names. It was not they're the best. Right. People kept telling me, dude, they're the best. I'm like, dude, he's like 50. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just the UFC telling people that he's the best and people saying these are the names that they know. So is are they the best sometimes? I don't know. I know fighters who make it to be number one, number number five in the world. And uh, have been number five in the world and have no one knows who they are. Like, they didn't make no money off of it because no one marketed them. The UFC didn't like them. How do you feel about Tyson Fury and, and, and Anthony Joshua and these guys, do, are they the best in the world? Or are they just the ones that are just the ones that are up there right now? Um, they're the best. Um, they are the best. Tyson Fury is the best right now, you believe? Tyson Fury is the best right now. Tyson Fury is a monster. Tyson Fury would have been the best. And most of the he's a huge guy. He's like seven feet tall, 265. And he's quick. He's quick, but it's just the size. Like, people don't understand. People are like, oh, if Tyson was in his power, he would have beat the crap out of these guys. Dude, these guys are not human. They're seven feet tall, 265 pounds. When Mike Tyson was 5'10", 225. So if who's ever been in the ring knows that weight matters. This is why a 147-pound man can't fight a 280-pound man in a professional boxing sport because those four 40-pound difference. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So Tyson Fury is a big guy who leans. If you watch him fight uh, Wilder. Yeah, he leaned he, the whole he time. He leaned the whole time. Wilder was 225, 230. I think he was 232 going into that fight. He was the heaviest he's been. 232, having a 265-pound man leaning on you, he couldn't feel his arms towards the end of the match. I thought his plan, his game plan was amazing for that fight, though. Amazing. People. Which one? Tyson Fury. Right, okay. Tyson Fury was punching through him and not at him. And people were like, yo, why is he holding so much? He was not giving him space. So he kept on punching through him, through him, through him. And leaning on him, threw him, threw him. So he wasn't giving him no space to think. So one of my friends I was watching, I was like, dude, why? I don't understand. Why doesn't he just take a step back and punch him in better distance? But he was wearing him out. He was wearing him out. He was wearing him out. And then he finally got the knockout. People love to, to say, okay, if Mike Tyson was in his prime right now, could he beat Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury? You're someone who knows about this stuff. No. He's losing. Yes. Mike Tyson's losing. Yes. Um. I think um, Mike Tyson is one of the biggest hype jobs that ever, ever lived. Why is that? Um, so when you talk about great... He's not a knockout artist? Who? Mike Tyson. Oh, he was a knockout artist and a great. But Mike Tyson lost to every big name he ever fought. Lennox I, Lewis, right? He lost uh, to every single... Every name you recognize in his resume, other than Corey Spinks. Um, oh, Michael Spinks, sorry. Other than Michael Spinks, he lost. He, he lost, lost to Holyfield twice, right? Twice. Anybody who was a name, he lost to. So um, he was more of a legend, more of a, a myth. That's what I was trying Tyson is actually the perfect example I was trying to tell you. Someone built him. Right. He was he marketed was perfectly. Marketed perfectly. Terrifying. He had the look. He was always smiling. Like he was. So they marketed him as a killer. He was a good example of what you were talking about before of, of showed up to win aggressive, angry. Yep. Aggressive, angry. Until if you watch Ivan Holyfield interviews, he'll tell you. Once you stood up to the bully, the bully didn't like it anymore. So they say Ivan Holyfield used his head a lot. Um, and by that, they mean he was leaning with his head, and Mike Tyson was coming forward. So, you know, physics, you can't go through my head. So he was not allowing Mike Tyson to push him backwards. It's part of the, how he won. So uh, 
that, that being said, um, I just feel my taste is too small for today's era. 265 is a big dude. It's huge. Yeah, and, and almost seven feet tall. And he's like 5'10". Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, I hope I hope my boxing makes a comeback. I hope uh, there's a few good fighters out there, and I hope it's sad that the old fighters. I bet you Floyd Mayweather comes back tomorrow. Everybody's watching Floyd Mayweather. Is I, he now? I once asked you, is he really the best of all time? You said yes. Why is he the, why best, is he the best of all? I'm sorry. The, why is he, yeah the best boxer of all time? Most people say right. So okay, he's got a perfect record. Um, and so he's probably the most put together. So right? that's a tricky question. Um. Floyd Mayweather was amazing. He was so good in the ring. Like, I always gave you the example of how when he fought Madonna, he lost the first five rounds. And he he was complaining to refs. He was complaining to refs. So I was like, shit, he's down five rounds. And then he shut up and didn't complain again. Mind you, his next fight was going to be Pacquiao. So his next fight, if he would have lost, it was $250 million that he would have lost. So how would you feel if you're down five rounds, you're, you're bleeding for the first time in your career, your next fight is worth $250 million, but you have to win this one in order to get to that one. Um, how would you react to that? I know right. I'll be panicking. So you believe he's, the, he's a guy who, when, when it comes down to it, when it's time. He was gritty. He was the type of he guy. Knows how to, he knows how to make do it when, it when it matters. I feel like he was special. He was like a Kobe Bryant, like, 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 a, like a Kobe Bryant, like, a, like in that type of era. Like meaning they have that technique. Like I was telling you, you want to be technical. You want to know what you're doing. But they also have that grit. So it's grit and technique. It's not just some fighters are just all grit. Some fighters are all just technique. He has grit and technique. So, and he's athletic at the same time. So he was amazing to watch. Now, um, I do think he fought everybody. I mean, there's not one fighter he didn't fight. Um, Lomachenko. Lomachenko's too small. They would never fought. How good is he, though? Doesn't he have like 375 wins? How good is One he? loss, amateur. How good is Lomachenko? Have you um, watched videos of this guy fight? No, I've watched him fight a few It's times. like ballet, bro. It's amazing. He's my favorite fighter. Uh, I have to watch... Him and Canelo. So, um, Canelo's my favorite right now. He's Canelo's my favorite too. He's great. When I watch him fight, I, I realize it's what you were trying yeah. to prepare me for. Canelo is amazing to watch. He, he, he takes all basics and he makes them uh, really good. Yeah. I really um, enjoyed watching it. Especially because it was literally like watching your lessons... Yeah, in um, in real life, and you, it works. If you really watch it, he does basic one on one boxing. See now, the re reason why I still have to question Lomachenko a little bit is because Lomachenko is like Pacquiao, and I've always called it. I've said it for years before the Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather. Anyone who knows me knows this. I've always said Pacquiao will lose to Floyd every single time they fight, just because of the way they fight. Um, to be Floyd, you need constant pressure. You need constant, constant pressure. You need to be able to put your head in his head and just constant pressure. Um, Pacquiao is not a constant pressure guy. Pacquiao is a guy that needs you to stay still for him to land his angles and move. And like, But they need someone who's walking forward. So like a Floyd Mayweather's worst nightmare is Pacquiao's best fight because Pacquiao, you never catch him. He's the best trader, the best... He's the best fighter not the best boxer. So right. when it comes to trading, it's hard to keep up with. Lomachenko has the same thing. Loma I've seen Lomachenko where he dances around people. Yep, but he needs pop, to... Pop, 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 moves. He needs you to stay still, though. So I need... I, I want to see him fight somebody who fights going backwards. Like, meaning, who keep him an inch away, an inch away, and every time he runs in, they could just step back and counter him. 
um, Linares dropped him in his last fight with a straight, a straight right hand or a straight left hand. I don't think he was a righty or lefty. Um, and it happened because he was... When you make a fighter who's so used to cutting those angles, they need you to stay still. I cannot cut an angle too big if you don't stay still on me. Now, how'd you feel about the McGregor-Mayweather fight? Which everyone thought was going to be over in a one round. And it went how many rounds? Went nine rounds or something? I think whoever... I think it went 11. I think whoever... That was gonna be over, and one round just doesn't know boxing. Um, yeah, it's it was the best boxer, but it's the best boxer. It's not the best knockout artist. Like, like, what do you think about that? Do you think do you think McGregor did better than you thought? So I think if you no chance it, though of winning. I think if you did uh, the statistics of that fight, I'm pretty sure Fahmy would have landed something crazy like sixty percent of his right hands as power shots. Which is crazy. You never ever, ever see that. Um, people are like, oh my God, but uh, McGregor hit him more than Pacquiao, Canelo, and any one of them did. And there was a reason for that. If you watch that fight, Flamengo didn't respect him at all. He put both his hands up and walked forward. Because McGregor was throwing a lot of hands, but wasn't throwing a lot of body behind him. So those were punches that Floyd knew he could take to find his clean right hand. And the reason why McGregor landed, lasted so long, I think, is because he was so much bigger than Floyd. I mean, I think he walked in the ring at 175. Floyd was like 147. Everyone who meets Floyd, I've never seen him in real life, but everyone who meets him says he's so thin and frail. So, uh, um, I just think McGregor was a bigger guy and was able to take the right hand. And whoever knew, I bet you Canelo drops him in less than five rounds. Like, bad. Because that's a puncher. Like, boxing people, people forget that boxing is a sport and not who goes out there and kills. Like, against a puncher, he probably wouldn't last. Even Madonna would probably knock him out in, like, three rounds. But Floyd is a boxer, and everyone knows that. Right, so Floyd's coming back. Let's say he comes out of retirement and he comes back. Who's he fighting, and is he winning? Who is? Could anyone beat him today? I mean, he's 41. I don't know if he's been in the gym. I think he should stay retiring now because... Eventually, everybody loses, right? Everybody loses. Yeah. I mean, even so Muhammad Ali, man. To say your argument about is Floyd the best of all time, it's hardly argued because um, other fighters used to fight everybody. And uh, win, lose, and draw, even though they lost, they still kept fighting. Like, you could argue it's a hard argument. Who's the best at boxer of our era? Pacquiao, Mayweather. They both have fought everybody. Um, Pacquiao has more losses. But Pacquiao beat everybody from 117 pounds all the way to 154, which is crazy. So when you talk to the, about the Rafael Marquezes and the, and the, uh, you name them, he fought them from the Cordos to like, he's fought everybody from 130, from 117, I think he started to 154. Something has never even been seen ever in the history of like boxing. It's a 117 pound man. And if you want, if you know fighting sports, you know, everybody cuts weight, right? Yeah. So for him to be up at 154, knocking a 154 pound out, you know that 154 is really walking around at 180. And if he was walking at 117, he's probably walking around at 140. So he's amazing, but people won't give him that credit because he has losses. So it's what you consider great. Like, is he, do you consider great going up and not being scared of losing? Or do you consider great someone who just played it safe? I feel like Floyd always stayed in the weight classes that he believed he could win. And uh, but he's amazing. He's amazing. So it just yeah. He's he's an interesting one because you 
it's weird. So so his record is is fifty and zero, right? So you can't really argue that he's not the best. He's never been beat. But at the same time, is he also the fact that he seems the most healthy and put together and not, you know, he's not all his brain isn't beaten up. It seems like he won. He won the game. Yeah. I I get the best record. I make the most money and then I'm fine. I I come out of it fine. I agree. He's a marketing genius. I always say, if you look at Floyd Mayweather, he's another one who's a marketing genius. Marketing. Whoever marketed him was freaking an amazing marketer. Floyd Mayweather, if you watch him really close in a lot of his interviews, um, not now. Now he comes as a douchebag. But coming up, he was laughing. He was pretty well spoken. Watch his early interviews. Um, never had a tattoo in his. He doesn't have a tattoo in his face. I mean, doesn't have a tattoo in his body. Now he does. I think. Um, he was always well put together. They probably told him don't talk. So if you look at his own his old interviews, he probably didn't talk out of much. He talked a lot in the beginning, like very clean. If you watch his early early interviews, and then. You wouldn't hear much of him. So McGregor got one hundred million dollar fight, and look how crazy he went. He was jumping in cages. He was punching mafia guys. He was doing like crazy shit. Yeah. Um, Mayweather's been having these fights for the past ten years, and he's still up there. Like that's how disciplined he is, but also how good of a marketing team, how good of a team he has, because they keep him, they keep him there. I don't know if that makes sense. Like that they, uh, he's you could tell. The way he talks, the way he laughs, everything he does is for a reason. So, yeah, I even think when he's annoying, good publicity is bad publicity. So, even if he makes you hate him, you're still watching because you want to see him lose. Right. So, what's next for you then? You're a lot younger than them. What's next for me? Yeah, are you um, still fighting? Maybe I just get one more in. But Can you beat Mayweather? <laughs> no. You can't beat Mayweather? <laughs> he's the How best. much you weigh? Uh, Mayweather's the man. But... No, I'm mostly coaching right now, dude. You you really love it, though, huh? I love it, yeah. And you believe in Phil? I think Phil could be the next... Uh, He's a monster, man. I, you stand next to him, and you're just like, God damn, man. Dude, what are you doing right that I'm doing wrong? I think he's going to be the next champ. Like, seriously. Like, if he, uh, if he keeps going, I mean, it's amazing. Right now, so far, we're 4-0 together, four first-round finishes. Um, and he loves learning. He's one of those guys that loves learning, dude. The last fight was in India, right? Slovenia. The one before that was Oh, in I'm India. thinking of the one before that. Okay, so Slovenia. Oh, yeah, I watched your, your post and all about it. That you went there. The, there was like a... There was a it looked, you know what I was, I was wondering about? I was watching your, your Instagram, and it looked like you were in a gym that was open. I was like, what are, you, what are you doing in a gym right now? How are you in a gym? No. But it was like in another country, before, and it was specially like was just before, for the fighters. No, that was before uh, COVID. That was like in October and November. Oh, no, was it? Okay. No, no, sorry. It was like in December. Oh, uh, okay, okay. It started like in February or January. Got it. No, I'm lying. It was January, dude. That fight was in January. So we're in Indian October, and then that fight was in January. And then the whole big thing happened in March. Got it. Okay, because I was like, oh, man, he's on some, like, he's at some special gym where just the fighters get tested. That's what you see is right now, dude. When we went to the, when we went last week, as soon as we fucking walk in the room. What do you mean? Like, what do you mean went last week? We did. Sorry, you went to no, the fight? Not last week. No, we didn't go to a fight. We, uh, it was all these interviews and. The, the pre-workout stuff that you do? Yeah, yeah. Um, the stuff they so film? We were, we were in Las Vegas two weeks ago, three weeks ago. As soon as you walk in the hotel, dude, the first thing they do is put you, quarantine you, and freaking take a test you to see if you have COVID. Yeah. And then you got to walk around your mask. They got somebody in front of your freaking, right in front of the lobby that sees you walk in and out. You're not supposed to be going anywhere. It, this COVID thing is killing everything, bro. How do you, you know, what do you think about the, the way the fights are now? 
where it's just there's no audience. It's just quiet. You hear everything. And do you like it more or less? Do you miss the crowd <laughs> screaming? Or do you like the fact that you can literally hear both? As a fighter, crowd? I think I would perform better like this quiet because it feels more like practice. Um, I think I would have done better too. Um, I, I, some people love that amp of the crowd, right? That the, the crowd gets you amped. Some people fight with the noise. Like it's what gets them going. So it, it depends who you are. If you're a big head case, you probably like it more. If you're not, you probably, uh, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, what's up with you? When are you getting in the ring? Dude, I would have done it months ago. Like I told you, dude, that was... It was an amazing... Exp- I, w- I wanted to fight for years at that event. At, the, at, the, at that event, that charity fight. And I'm not happy that I... I wanted it so bad that I made this, a, a bad decision of signing up with three weeks to go replacing somebody. That wasn't smart. I should have done it right. And I got to keep reminding... And you got injured the last week before. I got injured the last week before. So I had three weeks to get in shape from being my worst shape I'd ever been in to fight a guy who is seven inches taller than me. And who's probably been fi- in the best shape he's ever been probably in. Probably the best shape he's ever been in. Um, <laughs> and he definitely had a... He definitely had momentum on his, on his side, too. He raised the second most out of everybody involved, which means he sold the most tickets out of everyone involved, which means he had the most people there. I had four people up in the stands that I got comp tickets for. You know, I just, they, they, they hooked it up just so I could have someone there for me. And I remember just coming out, thinking it's going to be like sparring. And I hear like 300 people screaming his name next to the ring, bro. And we were one of the later fights in the night. So it was like a lot of the people left. I noticed a lot of people were leaving um, after the person they came to fight fought. So it looked like it was just dead up top. There was no one in the seats and then just a huge crowd for him. And I just remember them all screaming, oh, man, oh, man. just going, right? And I'm just like in my corner, like with no hype. You couldn't hear my, my, my four friends, you know? And um, the worst part about the whole thing that I still feel bad about is, is that- what? Um, I did see that, and then you went as amped, and this guy has everybody's cry screaming. I'm standing behind you, and then when I go into the ring, the ladies like, "Give me your book," and I was like, "What the fuck you mean, give me your book? You guys checked it in the back." And she's like, "No, I need your book here," and I had to run back, and I was like, "Fuck!" And everybody's like watching us, and this guy has a big crowd, and I'm like, "Fuck!" I left my book in the back, and I'm like, "Lady, I showed it to you before in the ring," and she was like, "You gotta go get it." You got to go run. So Dude, messed up, man. I ran. Not on you, on her. You Dude, know what I mean? I ran. And the worst part is that they checked it before. I swear they checked the book for me to get in the building. Well, they had to. Like, yeah, I remember. Yeah, so like she knew I had it. But she was like, nope, you need to give it to us. You need to give it to us. And dude, like I ran so fast. I don't know if you remember. You had to go like through the crowd and downstairs and then back in. And by the time I got back up, like you were, it was already... You were into the first round already, and like you said, there was no crowd. Um, he had a huge crowd, and you had no crowd, so I was like, "Fuck." Yeah, there's so there's a there's a point where um, we're towards the end of the first round, and they my nose is bleeding because yeah. you know me, man. I, I get I, I get hit once in the nose, I start yeah. bleeding, and the doctor calls me over to the corner, and you see it in the video, and I lean in, and he leans in, and he's just like, "Are you going to be able to finish this fight?" And I go, "Yeah, man. I'm. This is the plan." The I need this guy is, to punch him. First punch. Yeah. And I was like, I need this guy to punch himself out and get tired. I said it to the doctor, right? Everyone's wondering what's going on, right? Everyone's boo. Cause they, cause they, they did this pause. Right. And, um, 
I'm just like, yeah, man, I just need this guy to get tired. Don't, don't call this thing, man. I know what I'm doing. Not even out of breath. It keeps going, right? And, um, and then we finish the first, I kind of come back a bit at the end of the first round. I start realizing, oh, fuck, this isn't going to work the way I want it to. I got to start throwing punches. So I start throwing punches. Um, and then the second round, it was the first three hits. The third one connected perfectly. And, and that's when my nose opened up and I saw the waving. And I, I look over at you and I was like, I just couldn't believe it was done. Me neither, dude. I, I was so mad. I was so ready to go, man. I was so ready to go. But hey, yeah, we already talked about this, you know. You still got one more in you, Zach. And no, I got after, more than one. After, I want to do it again. I, here's the thing. I don't know how to do it now. Dude, that was a charity fight. What do you mean? Well, so now do I, do I have to, what do I do? I do golden gloves? You can do, do golden gloves. Or what do I do? do? Like the UFC always hosts those, uh, those amateur nights that we set you up with somebody and you can always just. It's just like a thing. Like so what's, what's the process for that? Nothing. You just tell us you want to fight. We'll find you an opponent, or they'll find you an opponent, and that's similar to your skill level. And those are pretty good. Those are really good to get the experience out. To be honest with you, I would do it. So I would do a few. About, I should definitely think you do that. I gotta and figure then, out how to fix you know, my nose. You're though, already man. doing some jujitsu, bro. And then like that, I'm gonna do. That I will continue doing jujitsu for jiu -jitsu years, tournament? man. Oh, so you're not gonna do boxing for years? No, 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 dude. I'm not gonna let you down. I want to box. I want to do it at least a couple and more then, times. And you know, after like a blue bun jitsu, a few amateur boxing fights. We'll get you ready for an amateur MMA fight. Bro. Oh no 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 no! And no. then you know, the, it, I have no interest in taking a knee to the to the nose, bro. No, there's no knee to the nose in amateur MMA, bro. It's what only do you mean? Grappling on the floor with body punches, and then you could you could kick punch in the thing. No knees to the face. You're gonna need the body in the amateur MMA. Kick punch, man. Getting kicked in the head sounds like it sucks, but bro, we gotta, gotta train learn. you not to get hit. So, yeah, I definitely want to do another fight. And I'll definitely call you when it's time. I wanted to do it this year, and then all this happened. And I didn't really know how to get into it, how to do it right. Um, Jiu-jitsu, though, I want to keep going. I want to do that forever. I want to I want to be Helio's age one day still doing it. You know what I mean? And I want to compete, too. It's with hard that. in the body, though. It's just as hard in yeah, the body. Yeah, but I'm fine with that. I'm okay getting – I'm fine getting injured throughout life as long as it's not my head. I don't want to have brain damage. I don't want to, go, I don't want to be slow. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to have headaches and chronic whatever, Dude. this and that. But if I get, if I, you know, twist an ankle, man, or blow an ACL, man, that could happen playing soccer. That could happen playing That's tennis. True. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't want to get hit in the head for the next 30 years. Man. Dude, look at me. I've been doing it since I was 10 and I only, I remember my name half the time. You said you don't remember your name half the time? I remember half my time. My name half the time, bro. What about the other half the time? Dude? Uh, <laughs> Don't I, let's not get into specifics. <laughs> 30 more years is going to be zero. <laughs> oh, man. But I do want to do it. I do want to compete again. Now, you mentioned something about diamond gloves. I never heard of that. Well, so diamond gloves is basically the same thing. And then golden gloves is just New Jersey has three big tournaments, which is the LVC state championships, the diamond gloves, and the golden gloves. Um, it's just different sponsorships. So I guess they call it different names. Okay. The Golden Gloves has the biggest name, so it's the biggest name. Now, if I'm not wrong, Golden Gloves is you're fighting someone who's bigger than you, right? Or do I have that wrong? No. I thought that's what Golden Gloves. Oh, it's just the name of the tournament. It's just the name of the tournament. Oh, I thought it was when you had to, you had to fight Golden someone in a heavier a, class. It's a name of the tournament, and most uh, states have their own Golden Glove version. I don't think all states have a Diamond Glove version. So uh, all it is is name. It's a big name. It's all over the place. I want to do it. I think yeah, I want to do, do another one. If I was you, I think I'll do it. An amateur night event, so you get used to the field again, and then the Golden Gloves, because the Golden Gloves is a tournament. Okay, so now, given what's going on right now, how how would you go about training? 
Like I, I miss sparring. I do. I miss it all the time. I, I'm having trouble staying in shape because I can't box and spar and do these things that I love. I don't like running and I don't like doing, you know, fitness classes, group classes. I liked what we did. And how are you doing it? How, how should I do it? How are other people doing it? What, what's the best way to continue? Like, how, what are fighters doing right now? Training. But how were they training? Where are they trying? Like local guys. Where are they training? Gyms. They're just going in. Yeah. I mean, you have to, right? So, like, this COVID thing is just weird. Um, there's no fights, right? There's no. I mean, like at, no, a, no, at a no amateur, amateur level? Fans. Yeah. Nope. nope. Everything's <laughs> Yo, speaking of that, by the way, I, dude, what I, I was growing my beard out for the first time. <laughs> yeah, just going back to the fight, just the whole That's night. That's right. You the whole didn't night have going a beard. wrong. I had a beard, bro. And I'd never clean shaven my face since I was well, that, since I, I was fifteen. I had told you that though, and you, you told did not me days me. before, days yep, before. I thought it, you were fucking with yeah. me. Yeah. So I have never clean shaven my face since the first time I ever clean shaved my face to try it. When I was fifteen, I had some peach fuzz and I shaved it with shaving cream, razor burn everywhere. I said I'll never do this again the rest of my life. So I, you know, I do like the the buzzer trim. I always keep it at a nice length, right? A little scruff. When you told me, and this is the first time I decided to grow my beard my whole life. I've been growing it for like three, four months. <laughs> when you looked at me and said, gosh, shave your beard, man. Clean shaven. It's a gentleman's sport. I thought you were fucking with me. And then, and then I asked like two other people and they, they said the same thing. So, so besides the fact that like everything we just talked about, when I got that, that, that beard cut, I went to like a barbershop. I let them do it literally an hour or two before the fight. I was more nervous, uncomfortable, anxious about that than the fight because I knew that I don't know what I look like clean shaven. I know my skin is going to hurt and itch. It's going to be a nightmare. It's going to get all bumpy. I was freaking out and I was mad because when I got there, I saw all these other motherfuckers with scruff. They didn't clean shave. Not Wait, in a tournament, people weren't clean? At, at the one I did. Yeah, they didn't take Are it seriously. Sure? Yeah, they weren't looking at that. No one had beards. But there were some people you could tell had a yeah, little, had stuff. a little, had a little. They, it, did, they did it like a day I've or two before. I've been determined, dude, where they give you a freaking dull blade and tell you to shave in the bathroom. You told not, me that because you're not. I swear. You put that in my head, man, no. and I was like, oh, I, man, I, I better. I, I've seen it. Like, and they used not, the straight edge on me. I went to a barbershop. They did the straight edge razor. Yeah, the legit one, right? Yeah, I could hear it. <laughs> you know, as they were doing it, no shaving cream. It was like <laughs> it was. They used like a, like a gel. Those are like the legit ones, bro. Those are the ones you feel like. Man. So I woke up the next day. Nose is, I can't breathe through my nose. I'm going to Turks and Caicos in like two days, right? And no beard. So I got no beards. So I look like a baby. I never looked like that. Since, I never knew I looked like that. Did you have a black eye? No. I only had, um, I had a little bit of the red on each side of the bridge of my nose. And, my, and I couldn't breathe through my nose. And to this day, sometimes I have like a little sound when I breathe in. It's, it's, it's like it's slightly off balance or something, my nose. It's good training for your body. It helps you. Learn how not to take that much air in. <laughs> <laughs> I still apply what you taught me, though, about breathing, about the um, converting the CO2. Uh, yeah. About breathing out slow. Breathing out slow and letting it convert, man. That's that's um a big thing. I try to apply it to everything now. If I'm on a, if I'm on an elliptical or a bike or I'm running. Well, dude, now when you look at uh, breathing has become a big thing in everything. Like, there's classes of breathing. There's, like... Oh, there's this special techniques of breathing. We're learning that we've been breathing wrong this whole time. Like, breathing is crazy. It's like the new thing in style now. How yeah. 
There's going to be breathing gyms. Yeah. Like, like group classes. Yeah. So where are you training right now besides your jiu-jitsu? I know where that I is. Can, I don't want to. I can tell you because right now it's... Uh, I know where it is. It's, I know what you're doing. I'm not going to talk about it either. Underground. This is, this is like being back in the 40s with the booze. This is yeah. like... No, I know. I know it because I almost went. I, I want to I go train there. I just don't... Um, something about being face-to-face with dozens of people. I mean, that's the fastest way to get it. And I might have even had it already. It just that's that what seems I'm saying. So that just doesn't seem like the right. That's like you know what I mean. The thing, dude, um, Corona ain't going anywhere. So like I've talked to a lot of doctors, and they're like, "Oh yeah, like what do we expect? We're going to quarantine, and then in two months, Corona is like, hey guys, you guys are boring. I'm going back to China. Like as soon as we get out there, it's going to be contagious. Like it's like the new flu out there. It's going to stick with us. So you feel you feel okay? You're rolling with like a, a group of people so at talked, your secret so, place. So I. A lot of my friends are doctors. I've talked to some of the head doctors in Las Vegas. I've talked to a guy who owns like a few medical places, and uh, they'll say the same thing. Dude, like this is basically like it's dangerous for the elderly, but if you're healthy, you're fine, no conditions. Like we just gotta live, learn to live with it. I most likely had it when this first started. I think I did too. And I know my mother had it, and I know a lot of. Um, people I know have had it, and uh, basically, it's a lot of things gone wrong. Like I, I, I believe like a lot of the fears would kill people, like the respiratory and all that. Like the hospitals didn't know what to do; they were getting overwhelmed. So even in Jersey, if you look at down south, Jersey, they didn't have nearly as many deaths as we had because they didn't have as many people. So the hospitals weren't getting as overwhelmed as we were. So it just caught us by surprise, but I think eventually all of us or the majority are going to get it. And uh, they were just trying to slow down the process. They couldn't take everybody at the same time, and this is probably why we're quarantining. That being said, I just, life has to go on, right? Like, look at the world now. Like, how many people, do, have you walked Washington Street in Hoboken? A lot of businesses, out of, I think a lot of businesses lost their business. Like, New York City, I heard a lot of people lost their business, like, so, I mean, the economy, like, got to get going again, right? Yeah. Like, we can't be giving all this unemployment that they're giving out right now. No, it can't last forever. There definitely needs to be a solution. Um, I don't want to steal your whole Saturday night, but I do want to ask you one more thing. Um, can you tell me about your gym that you're trying to open? How far is it going to be so I can know if I can get there? <laughs> um, it's in a town called Ridgefield. It's not that far. Is it? How far is that from here? We're in Jersey City. I live, in, I live in Hoboken, and it takes me in bike. I could get there 40 minutes riding my bike. In car, I could get there in 22 minutes. Richmond? Richfield. Richfield. And what's yeah. the gym? So it's basically not going to be a, a gym gym. It's, it's it's like a studio. It's small. It's a, I want to do like small group classes, like small group training and like uh, personal training in there, kind of mm-hmm. like I want to keep working with like fighters and stuff. And uh, are we talking boxing, jujitsu? What are we doing? Both. MMA. Uh, both. Yeah, I want to do boxing, jujitsu. Small MMA, class. Small class. Okay. Yeah, like it's small, so probably groups of ten and stuff. Um, and yeah, I'm just looking to expand. I get my restaurant is doing pretty good, so uh, I'm I'm going to that restaurant, I, man. I'm getting it's yeah, it's small. Like we make it's Maybe long, go tomorrow. It's long hours. We start at four in the morning. Sundays we're closed, Monday to Saturday. 
Um, but Monday All through right. Saturday, I'm there from four, and we're closing already. We're closing at three now. This is your restaurant. Yeah, so, your restaurant. Yeah. So, funny story about my restaurant. Um, about five years ago, maybe six. When that, what was the name? Was it Katrina? They hit. Who hit here? That where all the lights went off. Uh, Sandy. Sandy. So, um, when Sandy hit, someone was like, "Yo, dude, they're renting out this little location in Union City. Um, you should go look at it." So I went to go look at it. I'm like, "Dude, maybe I could get this." And uh, I had both broke, and uh, I remember Sandy hit, and uh, everything on the shore went out of business. So I was like, "Fuck it, you know what? I'm gonna get this place." So I opened up this little bakery. Actually, I went to Pleasantville, New Jersey, and everything was flooded. So the bums had gone inside and stole everything, all the equipment, coffee machines, espresso machines, um, refrigerators, counters, and dude, I bought a coffee machine. Uh, the this uh, bread display play things, two refrigerators for the thing and everything for like a thousand bucks from all these homeless people in the streets, and that's how I started my first bakery. I I made money from that bakery, I sold it and I got that money and I opened up the, the and but they're pretty good and then I uh, opened up the restaurant. Now hopefully I'm branching out to this little gym location thing. I'm getting so right now September I should open up my little studio. Wait wait it's going to open in September. Yeah, you, it's first of all, it's happening, right? It's happening, yeah. Okay, and you said September. September, I should open that in September. Get my black man September and have my first fighter fight in the UFC in September. So September, I'm looking for September during quarantine. Whoa, right okay, let's talk about this. I'm not a member to any gym right now because of what's going on. Um, I don't know if you noticed, I bought a stationary bike. I like that. Just I know. To, I this is like it. three days old. I'm trying to get back in shape. Just want to get my cardio up. So when the time comes, is that a, I'm good to go. Is that the Peloton? No. Nah, man, I'm not spending 2500 on a bike. This is, a, I think it's the Bowflex C6. So there's no screen. You put your iPad up and you can use any app. Oh, that's app. Bowflex. Yeah, it's amazing, though. It's like any other spin bike. It just doesn't have the big screen. But you use your phone or your tablet, and you can take a Peloton class. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and it comes with a heart rate thing. You put it on your arm. So it syncs with the app. So you, you it records your heart rate. And your cadence and your speed and your beats, you know, all that, your calories, and puts it into the app that you're watching. So it's like you're riding a Peloton without paying a Peloton price. Nice. It's awesome. I love this thing. So this is just, this is in case gyms don't open and I'm stuck inside for the next eight months. But your gym's opening in September. Yes. I want to be a member. Of course. Okay. So I got two options. Either A, I'll pay membership. If that's even your thing. I don't know if it's just personal training. Option B. I do all your marketing and video and photos, and in return, I get free training. We'll work on that. We'll work yeah. on it. We'll work on that. Oh, you don't like that deal? No, I like the deal. I like the deal a lot. I've seen your work. It's Yo, UFC, great. Rich it's and amazing. UFC. Yeah. He man, he's been eating up my content. I know, I know. You do great work, dude. It's awesome. It's Imagine. awesome. That's you got it. You're gonna need something to promote, bro. I agree. Commercials, photos, videos, classes. Maybe you want to do a YouTube channel with two minutes on different um, chokes. That would different be, that, stretches. That would be amazing. Dude. It would, wouldn't it? That's, It'd be worth free membership. How much is for membership? Sure, bro. Um, I don't know. I'm still working with all that stuff right now, but we'll talk about it. I mean, like that. That sounds amazing, actually. Right? Exactly. What? A, what? A, free marketing, man. Like you said, how do you get a brand built? Marketing. Yeah. No. You want to no. be a big? And I'm selling you right now. I know you're selling, <laughs> but no, no, no. It's amazing, dude. It, it's uh, it's amazing. What um, What are the hours going to be like? Is this this isn't going to be like a you're open from six to eleven p.m. No, see, the, it, it can't be done that way because I also have the restaurant right now. Um, I, it, it's right now everything's still in the works of plan. Like I'm building it. Um, it's small, like I said, it's nothing huge, but uh, I'm excited. It's like something in my own. I'm getting older now, so 
I have to branch out. Like, if not years pass by and, like, you know, you, you got to branch out and make your own brand, you know, your own name, man. Like, yeah. your own. So excited. I'm excited for September. I'm excited. I can't wait, dude. That's, dude, that's in a month. I know. That's a month. I, I'm excited just to hear that there might be a, oh, what are you going to do, by the way, with what's going on? Is it going to well, just personal are, studio, training? Studios are allowed to open. Right. No, I know that. So, you're, so, uh, so you'll be good. I'll be good. Studios are allowed to open. Just anything that has us, gyms or house spots are not allowed to open. But uh, as long as it just says martial yeah. arts and everything, there, there it is. That's why the yoga studios are open. Yeah, that's why they're opening Dude, everything. I'm pretty sure. Um, um, I'm just scared of uh, the whole quarantine. Like, people are, are people going to be scared? But I don't think so, dude. People are going stir crazy. People just want to get going already. Why are you put? Why are you opening it where you're opening it? Um, so my restaurant is in Clifford Park, and then I found this uh, this location in Richfield. Um, I also feel like that area. I love Hoboken. Like, I'm a huge Hoboken fan. And Jersey City now. I'm, I love Jersey I, I love City. Jersey you City. know how much good. The problem about stuff is real estate is so expensive over here. It is, yeah. And it's already where the money's at. So uh, I feel like there's a lot, a lot of competition. Like where I'm opening up right now, there's not a jiu-jitsu boxing, mm-hmm. kickboxing from Hoboken all the way to Fort Lee. <laughs> so I'm right in the middle and I feel like it's a decent location. I'm. Right in the corner. It's a nice town. Yeah. Um, it is nice over there. And it's a nice start. Like, I need to start. Like, I'm going to look it up where that is. I always... Because I know, I know Cliffside Park. I always was like... I've always, like, wanted to... Uh, I can't just wait to start big, you know? Maybe. Wait, wait, wait. Richfield. You said Richfield? Richfield, not park. Just Richfield. It says 15 miles away. See? Wait, 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 wait. How it's, by, it's by Clifton? No, There's a Richfield by like Clifton, Montclair. No, 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 no. It's Ridge. Ridge. Oh, Ridgefield. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said Richfield. No, okay, Ridgefield. so Ridgefield, New Jersey. Not Ridgefield Park. No, Ridgefield. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. How far is it? Um, 12 miles? It's right next to Cliffside Park. Yep. It's nine miles away. Nine miles. The yeah. 30 minute drive. 30 from minutes? Here, from, oh, here. from here. Yeah, like from here. Yeah, because they From Hoboken, it's probably 10, 15 20, minutes less. 22 minutes from me. So, yeah, that makes sense. But you see, it's only like nine miles. Um, it, It's nine miles. It's just traffic lights, I guess, and stuff. Dude, you open that gym, I will be there. Guarante- I promise you, I will be a member. All right. If, looking, if we're training like the way we used to, to that's what we're gonna I'm do. there, dude. I'm there. Promise. Every single day. And I'll I got a jiu jitsu gym down the street. It'll be my honor to have you in the gym, dude. Bro, I got UFC 10 minutes that way. Henzo Gracie's. Three blocks away from me. Who's Hansel Gracie Blackwell? Who your instructor? What's his name? Gabriel. Gabe. Gabe something. Oh, man, I forget his last name. He's so, he's such a nice guy. How can you forget your instructor's name, bro? Oh, man, I haven't been there in fucking nine months, and I was only there for less than six. Well, I just I know him as Professor Gabe. <laughs> I never use his last name, but he's a good instructor, and it's a good gym. And unfortunately, with what's going on, man, there's, I mean, like the gym I want to go to is three blocks away, and I can't go. The jiu-jitsu gym is three blocks away? Yeah, it's three blocks away, four blocks Holy away. Holy shit. You know where the Ashford is? Yes. South House? It's across the street. Oh, yeah, that's right there. And there's there's a bunch of gyms. There's Okay, there's CKO Boxing. I know it's like, that's not really, you where know. Where is that at? That's across the street here. That's right there. That's right downstairs right there. Seriously? They're just doing outdoor classes. Oh, wow, okay. Then there's a, there's a, a Hoboken. Does it I'm get sorry. packed? Do they get packed? Not anymore. Classes? I've seen like, I don't know. I've seen sometimes like five people. I'm sure they have busy classes. Oh, tiny. I'm sure it's like UFC. Like UFC gets what, like 10, 15 people? Yeah, 15 people. Then there's like a a Jersey City Muay Thai gym 
or something. Oh, I've heard of that. I've seen them. I, I see the ads and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know where it is. Me neither. And I don't know how they're doing. And then there was World Boxing Gym in yeah. Jersey City, which I used to go for a month or two. Do they still have a boxing program? When I was growing up, they had a boxing program. I don't think they have a boxing program anymore. So I went there I went there a year ago. You know, I went there for like two months. It was like cash monthly. And they had like a full ring. And it's like yeah. old school, man. Like the building looks like it's been there for like 100 years. Um. It's the cheapest membership. I'm pretty membership. sure I saw one that used to be called the Rocky Marciano gym. To be yeah, it was. Yeah. It's like 60 bucks a month. Yeah. That's the cheapest gym around. And then they got base. Base is a block away, which is like Equinox, right? Huge. $180 a month. $180 a month. But it's like all, it's equipment, right? It's yoga classes. It's Zumba. It's like that kind of gym. I miss the UFC gym experience that we had with advanced boxing on Thursdays, jiu-jitsu. You know, it was it was the real yeah, thing. Yeah. The UFC does a great job. They're like the atmosphere, like Rich did a great job on like hiring instructors and the energy of the gym. Like everybody's so cool. Like Yeah, I miss it, man. I'd be in shape right now if that place was like truly open. Like I know they're doing the outdoor thing, dude, but it's I not promise, my thing. We're gonna put you I'll get you in shape, I promise. Dude. Like I miss I miss the competition. I can't I, I need the competition. I promise you'll get back into shape, Zach. You'll get back into feeling great and amazing. Like quarantine right now got Everybody out of shape. Yeah, I, I know, man. Problems. But it's, you know, I'm 31 now. 30, I don't, don't want to start. 20s. I don't want to start declining. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know yeah, I'm young, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I don't want to start losing it, and then then it's real hard to get I it back. I agree, dude. I always, I agree with you 100. percent Try to be young for as long as you could, dude. Yeah. Start declining at 31, dude. Average age of dying right now is 80. That's 50 years. Yeah. yeah, like I know how it is. Some people, they start to get lazy when they're 30. Yep. You know what I mean? They get comfortable. They get comfortable. I'm trying to be Joe Rogan when I'm 53. <laughs> I want to be throwing now, kicks he, like George St. Pierre when I'm dude, 53, you know? He lives the life. Joe Rogan, that's like one of the, like, idols. Like, dude, he talks about fighting. He loves fighting. Yep. He's a commentary for, for a living, like... His job is amazing. Like, like he does jujitsu. Like he's like he sits looks, in the sauna. He trains. Yeah, he trains. Mindfulness, right? Ripped. His he's fifty three. Yep. His podcast. I want to be healthy like that. I want to be healthy like that at fifty three. He's healthy. Yeah. He's doing all the same things Interesting, he's man. ever done, but he's fifty three, and he he looks like he's. I shouldn't say he looks like he's young. He looks like he's forty. But he probably feels like he's eighteen. No, he looks like he's forty, and has the body of like a twenty two year old. Yeah. Yeah. Now I like me, man. I'm you know I'm tired when I go upstairs, <laughs> for real. And I don't want to be like that. I want to be in the best shape of my life. But you know what, Zach? The most important part in life is recognizing. And if you're recognizing already, you just gotta do something about it. Like yeah. Bad thing are people who don't recognize. They choose not to see. Mm -hmm. And those people are gonna be hard to find improvement. But if you're recognizing, you know that's not what you want. You could work towards it. You know. Yeah. Well, what I always remember is that. I was in the best shape of my life when we were training and it only took three weeks, three weeks. And I was like, I should imagine what we could do in six, bro. Imagine what we do in six months. What? Right. We'll create a monster. Bro. Three weeks. And I was, I looked the best I ever looked. I felt the best I, I ever think, felt. I wasn't drinking. I was eating right. I think in a year we start calling it Oscar La Hoya, bro. No, I'm, I'm he's Canelo, coming out, bro. He's, he's coming out from Lomachenko. Now, come on. We got to start off with Oscar, bro. He's coming out from Oh, you're saying me fight him? Yeah. That, yeah, right. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. What do you think? I know I know. I keep saying we should wrap this up, but what do you think about this Tyson Roy Jordan's Jr. thing? Is it? Is it? Who's winning? Are they going to get hurt? 
Um, Are they still animals? <laughs> I mean, like you watch these training videos with with Tyson. He looks like an animal hitting the pad. Now this matchup is really. He's fifty one. Interesting. I think. Roy Jones. No, Tyson, no, Tyson I think is fifty four. He's fifty four. Yeah. Woo! Tyson's fifty four. I think Roy is fifty one. I'm inspired. Um, yeah. So it's gonna be interesting. I mean, can Tyson go more in three rounds? Um. Roy Jones doesn't have a good chin anymore. Roy Jones was one of my idols growing up. Like, boxing-wise, he was fucking probably the prettiest fighter to watch. Like, so amazing. Like, amazing. I've never seen a more talented fighter than Roy Jones. Um, but when his talent went out, he lost his chin. And uh, it's interesting because he's definitely the smaller man. Mike Tyson's probably going to walk in there at 235. Roy Jones fought most his career at 175. He started at 160. So, um, <laughs> he started at 160, fought most his career at 175. Yeah, people say he won the heavyweight championship, but he only fought one fighter, won a heavyweight, fought a slow heavyweight, John Ruiz, then went back down to 175. Mike fights at like two, always fought a heavyweight, so Mike is definitely going to be the bigger guy. Yeah. Mike is the bigger guy. Roy has no chin, and Mike is coming at your heart. That being said, can Mike last more than two rounds? Um, it's, it's actually an interesting fight to watch because Roy is the been active. Even at 51, I think he fought like two years ago. Mike hasn't fought in 11 years. Um, so definitely be interesting to watch. Um, That's a crazy thought that he hasn't fought in 11 years. But that being said, the size difference is huge. Huge. It's Why is he fighting him? Why doesn't he fight Holyfield? Isn't Holyfield it's, training it's too? literally two. Yeah, but. That'd be funny. <laughs> I think Holyfield's 57. Imagine 54. Have you watched videos of him training? He's, he's got it too. Dude, his body, these guys, I don't know what they're doing, 57-year-olds, and they're in better uh, shape than I am. I think I'm they're like, probably taking supplements. They're probably taking <laughs> testosterone and stuff. I they mean, have to be. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard of it now, but the doctor's recommending as soon as you reach 40, you should uh, look into testosterone. 40. 40. So I, I read that when you turn 30, you lose 1% every year. Yeah, I heard the same. Um, but I heard that, uh, actually, I heard your peak for an athlete is between 35 and 38. Um, really? Yeah. Is your peak as an athlete? That's when you reach your man, your man strength mixed with your athleticism. Wait a second. So I used to be thirty-two. Um, then it went down, but then I read it. This other thing said twenty-eight. For it's hard sports. to think about that. You so think about people it, in their mid twenties, how how you know. So I heard twenty-eight. Fast their bodies heal and. No, yeah. So I heard twenty-eight is like your prime. So that's like when people get cut from teams, and that's like. But then I hear, like, if you take care of yourself and all that, fighters are going all, all the way up to 38. But I heard something like 35 is where your man strength and your athleticism still hit. You don't have your man strength until then. So for fighters, they're saying it's like 35. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. But they are saying that by the time you reach 40, you should look into testosterone so that uh, you can feel like 21 again. I don't know how I feel about that. but I don't know how old you are. Can you, do you want to say? 22. Yeah, 22. I'll feel bad if you're 22. <laughs> Give me, give me a, give me a, a range. No, in, I'm in my thirties. You're in your thirties. Okay. So do you feel like you're at your prime that you could be, if you, if you wanted to be, no. would you be at your prime? If you worked hard right now, would you be better than you were five years ago? Um, mentally, Physically. yes. Mentally, um, smartness. Yes. My body doesn't recover as fast as it right. used to. Not so, so then what, fast. what age do you have the most experience and have the best so physical that's, that's at the same time. Between 32 and 35 is what they say. 
That's why, right? Um, that's why. But that being said, your recovery rate is not nearly as fast. Not so, yet. Not until you take the right stuff. Not until you take the right stuff. So this Soon. is why. <laughs> this is why they say, should you be allowed to take this stuff, or should you not be allowed to take this stuff? That's another day, another topic for us to get into. Yeah, there's steroids. definitely going to be some cool stuff coming out in the next 10, 15 years. Make you young. Dude, if they make steroids legal, like people claim, we will start looking like Goro. Remember Mortal Kombat Goro? Yeah, with the forearms. The forearms. Like, that's the thing. People are like, oh, man, why don't they just make it legal? Everybody takes it. Because if they just make it flat out legal, we won't look like humans anymore. Like, you yeah. know, creatine? Yeah. So, creatine, when it started, it was just a regular supplement. Now you see super creatine, and you see super this, and you see super that. Like... We just want more and more and more. So even if they do make testosterone legal, we want better testosterone. Of course. And we want better. Superhumans. Superhumans. They say uh, MNM and resveratrol reduces aging. Like it's, it's part of, it's one of the things that they've done studies that they found that if people take it, it helps the body repair itself as if, as if it was younger. M&Ms? M <laughs> Yeah, bro. You didn't yeah, know about I'll that? Start eating more M&Ms from now Peanut M&Ms, man. No, it's um M-N-M. It's a molecule. I don't know if the body produces it or not. I forget. I, forget. I, I looked it up at one point, but basically it, it helps the body recover uh, not just like, you know, muscles and stuff. I'm talking like the way your body used to heal itself and produce collagen and produce hormones and, and fix cuts, all that stuff it slows over time because the process isn't as strong as it used to be. And this kind of, I think tricks that process into thinking you're younger. So it's, it, it sends the blood cells faster. It does this and does oh, that wow. and it makes you younger. And I remember reading or hearing that there was some dude who was like 87 and he couldn't walk. He was so old and he started taking it. And like five years later he could walk at 93. So I don't know what's up with these things. I know there's studies that were done. They did it on rats. They did it on this. And they did it on some people, I think. I could be full of shit right now. But I'm just saying this is what I read and what I heard. And that this is just where it's beginning. And they're doing these tests and things are working. They're, they're trying to treat aging as a disease, as something <laughs> curable, right? Because why not? Why not, right? Your body produces cells, right? It keeps multiplying, right? When you get a cut, cells reproduce, close up. Blood, you have your blood, red blood cells keep dying and reproducing new ones, right? It's not all the same stuff we had when we were a kid, right? The skin sheds, you know, kind of over time, right? You know what I mean? They say like your skin, yeah. like whatever, however many times over your life. If you can get, keep the body just doing that forever, you live forever. So I think they're trying to study how to kind of keep the body just reproducing so that, cells and hair and skin and heart. Amazing. Amazing. That would be super amazing. Right? The Especially problem, with, with um, gene technology. The problem is that I believe what makes life beautiful is that we die. Of course. Because it makes us appreciate it so much more. So it makes you appreciate the times because you know how much more of that time you have. So like our young age and our like, so like we have to understand that. So like if you want to go into that topic kind of, but like. I always tell everybody, like, let's say I'm going to push the limit right now. 21 and 40, I say. I always tell everybody, dude, say you're young from 21 and 40. Just freaking live 21 life to 40. 40. Yep. Okay. I always tell everybody, say that you're young from 21 and 40. Live it. Don't, I don't want everyone to hear you say that you're old or that, or that you know, like, oh, you're too old for this or you're too old for that. Or, like, I'm going to tell people, hey, get married late, too. And the reason why I believe this is because 
we don't tend to live for ourselves until we're like 21, right? Because before 21, we're going to school, and a lot of times when we're going to school and stuff, we live for our parents, right? Mm-hmm. We're scared of telling our parents. Some people, it's forever. Yep, but we're scared of telling our parents certain things, and we're lost her. Um, so until we're 21, we're not legal in this country, right? I mean, yeah. Um, and then, do you know what the average age of dying is right now for male? I don't know, probably late 70s to early 80s, right? 80, I think it is for male, 85 for women. Um, so I always tell everybody, if I live for myself, for myself, not for anybody else, be selfish, from 21 to 40, I say, how many years of the life of your life is that, Zach? 21 to 40? Uh-huh. We had 19 years. 19 years, right? And if I live, like, now as an older person, like, more mature, not doing more adult things or what people consider to be adult, from 41 to 80 is how many years? 41 to 80 is 39 years. 39, right? 40 years, right? Roughly, right? Yeah. So, isn't that double? Du- you're saying that, double of 19. But you're saying... Nine, double of 19. So, I'm like, a lot of people, what I feel, so what I, what I was getting into the whole thing is that I'm saying that... What a lot of people do is instead of starting to extend life, it's enjoy life more. The the years that we are supposed to enjoy, the years that we're supposed to like those nineteen years. Like some people are like, oh, not twenty eight. I live. Like I done. But then they want to keep on extending life. But what are you really extending? I mean, we yeah. can't be eighty at the club or at the bar going like, yeah, you know, because people go, grandpa, go home, right? Right. So those years are the ones that we get to enjoy, and those are the years that we get to live and make our experiences and like do a lot of different stuff, and that's. 19 years of your life so instead of thinking already have how we could spend this life more mm-hmm. think about how you can make your life better that's a great way to look at it you know what i think it, it would it would help people or at least i think help people there are some people who the things they love in life you have to be young for so if you love basketball man that is that is what makes you happy in life is playing basketball and now you're 45 and your knees hurt or you're 50 and you just can't play like you used to it hurts to play you're right, but you least, can't move fast on the court. Someone like that, you know. But at yeah. least if you get if you played it from nineteen or forty, like dude, I'm no thirty year old, thirty one year olds. They're like, yo, dude, I'm too old to play. Or like I feel dude, like that sometimes. Yo, dude, like skateboarding. What what? Like I can't or dude, when I was young, oh this is my favorite one. Thirty one <laughs> years like, yo, when I was young. I dude, say that, dude. If we start saying now that we're young, dude, the fuck are we gonna be saying when we're sixteen, seventy? Well, I think we'll say, Oh, I thought I was young. I thought I was yeah, old then. Don't but know. So that's what know. I'm saying. So we're always living in like, yo, dude, we're trying to extend our lives and extend our lives, but we stop living our lives. So this is what I was saying. People always tell me, Yo, Danny, you're fucking crazy. Really? Forty? And I'm like, dude, I mean, those are years that we're never going to get back. Those are really our young years. Everything else we're just trying to extend. You're looking forward to those years? You're looking forward to, to 40 to 80? Um, No, but <laughs> um, but those well, are more you're like... You're going to coach, right? Yeah, I'm going to coach. And you love it, so then you got something to look it. forward to. Yeah, I'm always going to look forward to things. I'm, I'm someone who always has to be busy. I'm, I, I can't... I can't sit still and do, I can't, I'm not normal. Like, I got to keep moving. I can yeah. understand. Like, my, my friends see my lifestyle and they're like, yo... How the fuck do you do this every day? Like I get up at six in the morning, I get home at nine thirty at night. Like it's like. Well, that's probably why you 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 have the energy and why you look so young. You look young. Like people would think you're younger than me or my age. But um, I know you're you're not. You're like a year or two older than me. I think. Um. Forget you told me once. Um. So <laughs> when uh when uh I just feel like people are thinking so much about this testosterone extent. Yeah, when you're forty, I do think you should be covering more, but. When you're 41, 42, 43, 45, and you jump and you play basketball, 
Now the the thing is, if you didn't, and now you're trying to 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 to, to play basketball and like extend and should steroids be legal? I don't know because I do think you should feel healthy and you should be thinking. But I also think that the circle life was made for a certain reason. I don't know if that makes sense. Like we're meant to get older. Yeah, but if it was really how that was, we should all be dead already. Because there's a lot of times you and I probably almost died, but we had a vaccine or a pill or penicillin or something that killed a, an infection or a bacteria or like, a, you know, if you ever got like a fever. But would you really you know? appreciate it? Antibiotics, that's it, what I meant. But if it was forever, would you really appreciate it? If it was forever, you mean like forever, forever? Yeah, if you would you really appreciate it? That's would you appreciate it? No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't appreciate you it as you wouldn't have as much urgency. You wouldn't have enough urgency. You wouldn't appreciate things as much. But you, but, it, but I don't know. Maybe people need that much. Two hundred. I'd be cool with two hundred years, because you know why? It takes a long time to be in a position where you can do everything. Like, I, let's say I want to travel the world. I can't afford that. I probably won't be able to afford that in ten years. You could. Maybe I could afford enough. that by the time I'm sixty. But damn, man. If I want to go rock climbing, 60 is not when you got to do that. You got to do it when you're 30. So if I want to rock climb in Switzerland, you know, the truth is anyone listening would be like, go fucking rock climb in Switzerland, man. <laughs> like, just plan a trip and yeah, do it. I think it's so, just about doing it, to be honest with you. But I just mean, like, they say that, that you know, youth is, what is it? You, young, being young is wasted on the youth. Someone says something like that. But it's just, it's true. You, you, you have the ability to do all these things later in life and your body isn't young. And when you're young, you waste it, right? Kind of thing. Do you know, like, fighting is the funniest thing because when you see a fighter who's just making his pro debut who's getting ready for that fight, he's fucking, he's freaking, like, running, and he's, like, doing everything, dude. He's, like, killing himself because he just, he's scared of getting his my gas. He'll do whatever. Then you see the guy who has, like, 40 fights in him and has been doing it for years already. He's like, I don't have to do all that stuff because he already knows he's going to, he's going to, like, he already knows that he's, gonna make it through the fight he could make it he knows what he has to do and like he's already confident he's gonna do right and that's what i feel like life is is like do you as you get older you might be able to see less than the younger person but you know more so like you kind of know where the younger person's gonna go into while the younger fighter is gonna be wild and go into the older fighter already knows what he's most likely gonna do so um it's experience versus youth right so yeah when you're younger you just knucklehead but when you're older, you just know he's a knucklehead. So it's just, it's experience. But if you don't go through that knucklehead stage, you will never learn. Right. <laughs> Does that, do you see yeah, that? Yeah, it's good advice, man. Um, but I don't know. But, yeah. Should we wrap it up? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Dude, that's two hours and three two minutes. Two hours and three minutes. Dude, before you go, why don't you, um, how do we find you on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, MySpace? Um, how do we find you? I have, uh, my Instagram is at... Daniel.carbonell.com, I think it is. Spell it. No, sorry, no.com. It's just. Daniel.com <laughs> with Instagram? <laughs> this is at Daniel Carbonell, um, which is at D A N I E L Carbonell, C A R B O N E L. And on, on Facebook, I'm the same, Daniel Carbonell. Mm -hmm. And I don't have LinkedIn or anything like that. So, uh, Got it. But, I was just joking about that. But So, your boxer. Judo, Aikido, Taekwondo, Jiu-Jitsu, trainer. one day an entrepreneur. <laughs> oh, you are a restaurant owner and soon-to-be gym owner. So keep an eye on, on Danny. He trained me. He's the best. He got me feeling the best shape I'd ever been in, in the shortest time I've ever done it. So I owe him a lot, and uh, I look forward to, exactly. to doing this again with you, man. Thank you for hiring me on the show, dude, and anytime, bro. This was fun. Let's do it.